Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to another edition of the All-American Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh, and as always, I'm joined with my good friend Will. Hola. And the Professor Smoke. Hey. And today's episode is uh, going to be a special one for a, a few different reasons. First and foremost, it's our 30th episode, so it's kind of a landmark episode, you know, in the, I guess people kind of celebrate in fives, right, for whatever reason. So <laughs> uh, our 30th episode um, is a reason to celebrate that we've made it this long. So, uh, yay for us, right? Hip hip <laughs> I can tell you're both it overly excited. We made it to 30 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I figured three or four, and then that would be, we'd be ready to <laughs> like, like, oh, well, we're done with this. <laughs> yeah, we'd be ready to tell each other to fuck off and then be done with this forever. But now we've made it for 30 episodes, so it's a, it's a modern miracle. It's only every other episode that we tell each other that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's in the, that's in the, the dark cuts left on the, on the edit floor, where we really tell each other what we feel. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I went back and listened to that. I've been actually going back and listening to some of the, well, all the earlier episodes because of a project I'm doing that announced later for my All-American Spook Show. But yeah, that first episode was uh, interesting. It was fun, you know, and, and, and just to, going back to the little the, the, the errors that popped up, like the uh, like when Willie had to go, go to the car, right? <laughs> the door would open and you hear the ding, 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 and then the phone was dying, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been kind of interesting going back and listening to all that uh all those episodes i think i'm up to episode eight or so i'm having to go through all of them again just to for this project but. yeah i did that back in uh october when we had our uh one year anniversary show and then i kind of mm-hmm. remember i kind of played a few clips 
uh, from you know the first handful of episodes. Yeah, it was fun going back and listening to some of those early episodes. We've, I'm not saying uh, we're perfect now because we're far from it, but we, we've definitely uh, found our groove, I think, and we've gotten a lot better over time. Yeah, you can definitely tell listening to them like that consecutively, like when you listen to them, you know, one after the other. Improvements that we made along along the, along the way or whatever. Yeah, the audio. And I got up to that street trash episode, and that was just still hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm telling you, still, I think to this day, that's if that's not our best episode, it's one of them. Uh, I don't yeah. remember what number it is. Six, seven, eight, nine, that's ten. Seven, seven, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's, it's fairly early on, but yeah, it's like uh, that was just one of the last ones I just uh, listened to. I think. If you want to go look through the archives and find that episode, you you won't regret it. That's a pretty good one. Um, and also, as always, watch the movie because uh, we spoil the hell out of it. You don't want to just listen to that without seeing it because that's definitely one movie you have to see. Yes. Regardless of what we describe, you have to go see it yourself. Yeah, you got to put that on your uh, movie bucket list. Uh, yeah, well, that, yeah. Unfortunately, anybody. that's one of them. <laughs> Barf bucket, uh, life bucket, whatever. Barf bucket list. Yeah, yeah. it's on there. Um, also, uh, today is special because we're going to be talking. It's one of the favorite movies of uh, a lot of horror fans, but it's definitely one of our favorites for sure. I, I know, it was at least on my top. 13 list back when we did that in October. Remember the the Halloween horror countdown we did on YouTube? Mm. I don't remember what number it was for me, but it was on the top 13 list. I can't remember whether it was for you guys. Yeah, this this is definitely one of the top. I'd say on just about anybody's. It's got to be top 25 oh. on just about anybody's list. Um, yeah, I might, I might not have put it on that top 13 because I think on that one I was doing some that were my absolute favorites, but also some that maybe that is, had got some mention or whatever. So, But yeah. if I were doing a favorite overall movie list, yeah, it would be up there. That's certainly in the top 20 for sure. We're, of course, speaking of the original Friday the 13th, not one of the billion sequels or uh, the reboot from what, uh, God, it's probably been 10, 10 years ago now, right? Give or take. I can't even remember what year that yeah. was. But, but yeah, the original Friday the 13th with uh, what I believe was Kevin Bacon's first movie, right? Or one of his first movies. Yeah, certainly um, one of his earliest credited roles. Anyway. Yeah, and it's not an enormous part in it. I mean, he's just kind of like yeah. uh, counselor number three, you know, one of the first dudes to get the axe. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's credited for that. And, you know, and just the, the fact that it's the one that started, uh, one of the more profitable and, uh, famous horror franchises of all time. So we're going to be talking about that. This is one of the big ones. Like, you know, we, we haven't talked a lot about, you know, over our, our course of our 30 episodes, we haven't had a bunch of movies that are this high on so many people's lists, right? I mean, what Suspiria yeah. maybe, uh, maybe that first yeah. it, uh, maybe a couple others that are like you know high echelon horror movies, right? Not many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been covering a lot of a lot of bases right now, but we haven't really you know touched too much on the top tier movies yet. Yeah. By the way, Bacon's first movie was National Lampoon's Animal House. Oh yeah, yeah, and they, uh, he had a bigger role in that for sure. Yeah. Than he did in this, but. Yeah, it looks like this was his fourth role. Okay. Well, either way, this is uh pretty early on, so he he wasn't the star he became you know later on down the road for sure. By this point. And uh, another reason to celebrate today is later on in this episode, we're going to have some special guests drop by. Um, so if you want to uh, stick around and, uh, you know, we're not going to tell you quite yet what's going to happen. But um, it, it's a little it's a little fun surprise a little bit later on. So uh, make sure you stick around for, you know, another 20 or 30 minutes here and uh, you'll see what the surprise is. So I guess, uh, as usual, I'll go ahead and throw out the, the usual information. You can contact us through email at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at AA Spook Show. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube by searching All American Spook Show. I'm a little behind the curve on uh, posting up 
episodes on YouTube. I need to get back on that. You can full find full episodes on there and and some other content. Like I just mentioned, uh, we did a, a t- our our top thirteen favorite horror movies. We did a, a countdown like thirteen days leading into Halloween last October in twenty nineteen. So if you want to go over to our YouTube page and check those out, that's there. Um, we also have a T Public page where you can go on there. You know, search All American Spook Show. And you can buy logoed merchandise, like our older logo, our newer logo, on T-shirts, mugs, magnets, um, all kinds of various things. And I also just got an email, like, they, they didn't necessarily say when they're going to be selling them. But coming soon, they're going to be selling face masks with our logo, <laughs> with the show logo on there. So uh, whenever those are available, I'll make sure to put out a note or anything, you know, if anyone's interested in that with uh, the old global pandemic going down. Maybe if you want to uh, represent the spook show with a face mask, uh, that'll be available on there sooner or later. I thought that was kind of funny. May have to uh, throw down on that myself. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we just started a new uh, text club. So if you want to text the keyword spook show to 31996. So whenever uh, we push stuff out on that, you'll be alerted to new episodes and anything else that's going on. Like, you know, whenever the face mask comes out or anything like that. I'll uh, push out some text, and you know you'll be alerted right there on your phone. So if you're interested in that, uh, text the word "spook show" to three one nine nine six, and uh, you'll be entered in the Spook Show Text Club. I guess uh, uh, before we really get into the background, uh, Will, what you been doing lately? You been watching anything interesting or doing anything wor- worth a damn in the pandemic? No. Uh, <laughs> can you elaborate for the podcast at least? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Fuck no. <laughs> uh, watching a bunch of kid stuff you know with uh with the children in the house but uh uh i did finish uh star wars clone wars the uh last season just uh wrapped up on uh on uh the disney plus app mm-hmm. and man that was really good but i, I think I, I called josh to, to talk to him about it man. It, it was just a it was a really good ending for a couple of uh, characters that you know you followed pretty much all the way through that show. And then I and then I promptly told him to shut up because I'm only on season two, so <laughs> I got a long way to go <laughs> before I can catch up to that. Yeah, I, I even got further to go because I haven't started it yet. Yeah. <laughs> I need to. I've never even heard of it. <laughs> what is this Clone Wars? Thing? Yeah. <laughs> what is this Star Wars you speak of? <laughs> Smoke. What about you? Anything? Uh... Oh, actually, one thing. Oh, sorry. I started watching Ozark. You know, I watched the first episode of that a couple weeks ago. It hooked me enough to keep going, but, like, you know, I think I need a few more episodes to to know whether I'm really in it or not. Yeah, it's good. It's just, you know, shows like that, like, me and my wife, I'm starting to know a little bit different in that respect, man. You give her, uh, you know, something that has multiple seasons you can binge watch, man, she will tear that stuff up. Me, I get about two episodes in, even if I like the show. Uh, it's time for literally anything else. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a bad habit of that myself, like watching way too many different things all at once. I'll get two, three, four episodes into something, and then, uh, like, man, I want to go watch something else. And then I go start watching this, and then I need to go back and watch this. And now I got, like, eight shows going at once. Yeah, and remember how it used to be with it, just, you know, when you're just watching regular TV. Like, now now we're kind of used to streaming services where you can binge everything. But, yeah. you know, when you, when you didn't have all that, when you just watched regular TV, you were watching however many different shows. You know, this episode, that episode, that episode, every week to week. But now, I think with the streaming services, we get used to just binging it all in one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there are plenty of shows that, that are a whole lot better. You just roll it off continuously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there are absolutely some shows that, you know, they need that, <laughs> they need week that week of anticipation. <laughs> yeah. Anti- yeah, anticipation. <laughs> Whereas, like, the Tiger King, you just want to watch that bitch all the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you need to find out some more about that bitch Carol Baskins real quick. <laughs> Smoke, you been watching anything? Mainly, we had a big move. We were moving one spot to another, so that that took up a lot of our time. Before that, we got into watching... Uh, started, I started going back and watching the original uh, Star Trek, and I'd never seen the remastered version. You know how they kind of sweetened it up a little bit with mm-hmm. the with the uh, exterior shots of like the enterprise and whatnot. And I think it actually did a much better job than George Lucas did with uh, going back and fucking yeah. with star Wars. Yeah. And they did it a, a bit more seamlessly, I guess it, it, it's it. It didn't look like it was some, you know, here's some really super new technology we were throwing in this old show. Ironically, I've actually watched a couple episodes lately myself of <laughs> the original. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like uh, they put up the remastered ones on uh, Amazon prime. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. What do you uh, think of it as far as those remastered shots? I, I, mean, know, I, I think, think pretty I mean, much every exterior shot was a remastered thing. Well, yeah, I mean, I've watched. Yeah, it, it, it has to be because it looks it looks really good. Yeah, because um, I don't <laughs> like remember. Planet, like, you know, they show the planet before. You know, it's just whatever they could do. Yeah. <laughs> to get an effect of a plan of the Enterprise flying around the planet orbit or whatever. Now it looks more realistic. I don't remember it and looking that good back in the day, so it, it's definitely uh, been sweetened up for sure. Mm, it looks really yeah. good. I've only watched yeah, like the first three or four episodes on there, but yeah, they definitely look really good. Yeah, that's pretty much where we're at too. Yeah, watch those first three. Oh, we watched that uh, on Netflix. There's a series called Waco that you know mm. just, just talks about the oh, whole yeah. the Branch that's Davidian right. David Koresh stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of been there for a little while, right? Yeah, or, yeah. I think uh, I'm not sure how long it's been on Netflix. Started a while back and forgot about it. <laughs> I need to get back and finish that one myself. Yeah, I'm not sure how long it's been on Netflix, but I think it was like a show that came on the Paramount Network or something that I guess they got a hold of. Got a lot more time on our hands during uh, you know all this virus stuff going on, so <laughs> got a little bit more free time in the evenings to watch, catch up on some shows and movies and stuff like that. So especially on the weekends. Well, I guess with that, I'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for the original Friday the Thirteenth from 1980. Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? One. Two. You're doomed. You're all doomed. Three. We weren't doing anything. We were just messing up. Four. Five. Friday, the 13th. 
you may only see it once. But that will be enough. Friday, the 13th. And that was the trailer for Friday the 13th from the the year of my birth, 1980. Matter of fact, this this movie came out just a little less than a month before I was born. At least something happened good that year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think 1980 was actually, I, I didn't look up any list or anything like that, uh, but I think 1980 was a pretty good year for horror movies. What, like this one? The Shining. Yeah, yeah, The Shining. Oh, yeah. came out. There was a handful of others that I think did pretty well yeah. in the box, you know, box office that year. Debbie horror, Dunn, horror, horror, never, never heavy metal. That's what blew up in 1980. <laughs> horror movies and metal. And yeah. <laughs> And me. So... It was a good. And you. <laughs> it was a good fine year. So I guess uh, I guess we can go into a little bit of uh, background on this. It was actually released May 9th, 1980, here in the U.S. It actually had a different title in the screenplay. Uh, the original screenplay for this movie wasn't titled Friday the 13th. It was titled A Long Night at Camp Blood. That that one's more a little bit to the point, though, right? You know. <laughs> it does like Friday the 13th. I'm like, hmm, this is, this could be interesting. Who knows where this might lead? Let's watch. A long night at Camp Blood, like pretty much explains the whole plot in uh, one simple sentence. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that one would have done as well. Yeah, I don't think it. I, I really don't think it would have done financially as well as you know Friday the Thirteenth. You see that, and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it plays in on the whole holiday. Yeah, and I'm sure theme, yeah. which was just burgeoning at that time. Yeah, because uh, Halloween. In uh, some of the uh, reading I did on this, Halloween was a huge influence on this, obviously. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm sure they probably wanted just to capitalize on a, on another holiday, kind of, you know, but still use the same setting they wanted. Yeah. Well, Halloween and Porky's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> but it was released May 9th, 1980 by Georgetown Productions Incorporated, and it, but it was distributed by Paramount Pictures in the United States and Warner Brothers Pictures internationally. Um, what I found on that, and this, this is straight from Wikipedia, said a bidding war over distribution rights to the film ensued in 1980 between Paramount Pictures, Warner Brothers, and United Artists. Paramount ultimately purchased domestic distribution rights for Friday the 13th for $1.5 million. Now, another thing that I found was that now the budget for this movie was $550,000. So less than a half a mil to make this movie, which, you know... If you sit down and watch it shouldn't be you know enormously surprising i mean it's not like a it's not a big budget type of movie right but it ended up grossing but it ended up grossing worldwide damn near 60 million dollars 59.8 million dollars domestically here in the u.s it made 39.7 million dollars so clearly this is an enormous hit <laughs> yeah. um, and so that's no wonder that it's got 20,000 sequels now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, one of the things that I found interesting about that was the fact that I think I saw somewhere, like maybe to this day, but especially at the time, it's one of, if not the highest grossing independent, prob probably, there might, be, there might be another one since then, but at least at the time, I think it was one of mm -hmm. the highest grossing, or if not the highest grossing independent film um, ever released because, you know, it was independently made and then sold to Paramount and Warner Brothers for distribution. And I think sometimes people forget that, too, or the fact that, you know, they see Paramount logo on the beginning of it and they think it's this big, oh, it's just your normal, you know, Hollywood movie. But yeah. it's definitely not. No, I mean, this was... Uh, this is independent as Evil Dead or anything Yeah, this like is that. backyard budget type stuff, 550K. Yeah. 
Um, it just happened to have though some uh, some pretty good people involved with it, though, which yeah. is why it turned out as good as it did. <laughs> Best I can tell, now it, it, I, I guess maybe they don't like keep they didn't keep complete like box office stats, or at least not on uh that most of the time we use the website Box Office Mojo because it's a pretty trustworthy source as far as like you know um, box office numbers throughout time. I think they only go back to a certain time, and maybe they didn't keep up with it like as as much as they do now, like every weekend and how long it's blah 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 and all that, right? Um, but mm. the first week it was out, it was number one uh, in the box office, and it made five point eight million dollars opening weekend. Number two that week was Kramer versus Kramer, which had been out for quite some time, and it made uh, four point nine million. And then number three that week was a movie I've never heard of called The Nude Bomb. Either of you ever heard of it? The Nude Bomb? Nude Bomb? Yeah. No. Was that the, is that the, as a comedy anthology thing? I, I don't know, but it made, it made three and a half million dollars that weekend. So it, there must have been something. Okay. It looks, I just clicked on it. It looks like uh, something to do with Maxwell Smart. Oh, okay. What was that? What was that show called? It's get like Smart. The, yeah, Get it's Smart. Smart. I was yeah. thinking like uh, uh, Inspector Gadget, but that's what it was based on. But... <laughs> Missed it by that much. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only ones that are listed for that particular weekend. Now, I'm sure there were other movies playing, and I'm sure there was a top 10 just like any other weekend. Oh, yeah. But for whatever reason, that particular weekend, there was only these three listed on uh, Box Office Mojo. So that's all the information I have on that. It played in theaters. 237 days, 33 weeks, so the better part of the year. Damn near the rest of the year, this thing played, I guess, in a handful of theaters across the U.S. So I'm sure that contributed to uh, how much money it made. 30, oh, yeah. 33 yeah, weeks in the box office. It surprised everybody that it made that much. Yeah. <laughs> so they just kept it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure it was a huge surprise. I mean, it had to have been. Uh, <laughs> apparently, though, they put some uh, money behind it. You know, like once they got a, once Paramount got a hold of it, they really pushed it. They put a couple million dollars in papering and everything, you know, pushing it out. Get, getting the word out that this was a thing. All right, so it was filmed in Hardwick, Blairstown, and Hope, New Jersey. So, like, these three, I guess these three towns are nearby each other uh, in this area of New Jersey. Sometime around September of 1979, the camp scenes were shot on a working Boy Scout camp called Camp Nobi Bosco, which is located in Hardwick, New Jersey, and the camp is still standing and still operates as a summer camp. Yeah, I also saw that they uh, they have, like, a wall dedicated to uh, Friday the 13th with, like, a bunch of memorabilia. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and uh, they were only allowed to, to film it there after making a, quote-unquote, sizable donation to the Boy Scouts of America. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I would imagine, since it's still an operating camp, this probably isn't a place you can just go to and check out, right? You would assume. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't see anything on that, but I would imagine, like, you can't just ride up and say, yeah, I, I, think, wanna... I think you should just ride up with your, like, you know, hockey mask on and just kind of saunter yeah. through. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw somewhere no. too randomly for I think it was like the 25th or the 30th anniversary uh, you know a handful of years back for the uh, for this movie uh, the that movie theater that you see toward the beginning of the movie like you see like in this you know dusty ass little you know uh, nothing happening town there's a, mm -hmm. a little small theater probably like a one or two screen theater with it's got a marquee out front you see it briefly at the beginning of the movie for like the 25th or the 30th anniversary they screened the movie there. I guess it was the first time the movie had actually played in that theater. Really? <laughs> yeah, I guess it never played back during the original run. So, like, they made, like, a big thing out of it. And apparently, like, they had to add shows and everything. And they, they had to limit how many people. Because yeah. so many people flocked to the town to go see it in this, you know, this random small-ass <laughs> New Jersey town theater. That's awesome. I mean, to see Friday the 13th in the town where it was shot in a 
in an old school theater still too. So all right, so this movie was directed by Sean S. Cunningham. I guess we kind of could go down the the dark side of this thing. How like the the rights are tied up right now. I think it's I think it's kind of between Sean yeah. Cunningham and Victor Miller, right? Which yeah, but and how you know you you were seeing the Friday Thirteenth memorabilia and stuff out there, and now they kind of pull back. I think right until they get this uh, thing worked out with the rights. Yeah, I think basically like they can't do anything with the property. Like I don't think anybody pretty much can because that handful of years ago they had a video game. You know, yeah, we, I haven't. I haven't even played it yet. Oh yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I've actually played it. It's actually pretty fun. But uh, apparently they had like a the company that made it, which I can't recall right away. They had a whole slew mm. of updates and stuff that they were going to add to it. And then like when all this lawsuit stuff went down, they yeah. had to shut it I'm down. Old. And now they're not updating the game anymore or anything. Like I don't even think they fully support it anymore. It just kind of. Like what you see is what you get. That's it. You know they can't. They're not going to add anything more to it. Um, but that's between Sean Cunningham, who was the uh, director and producer. Victor Miller is the writer. Uh, apparently, it's got something to do with the right. Like after so many years, the rights were supposed to revert back to one of. The, I don't remember all the ins and outs of it. One or the other, and apparently, it's been tied up in the courts ever since. Like it's basically between the two. But the the bad part is, is we're not going to see any more new stuff from the franchise because of this but it was directed like i said and produced by sean s cunningham this will be like probably one of the main things he'd be known known for you know other than uh, unless you watch porn <laughs> <laughs> any What's of the porn any of the emmanuel <laughs> movies no i can't forget that the names of per, per, per se right now but i mean he, i know he was involved with that as a producer before before friday 13th anyways i'm looking through his uh I'm not sure if he was a director or a producer on any of these movies, but in, in 1970, actually he was both. He was the director and producer on a movie called The Art of Marriage. It was a documentary. And then in 1971, a movie called Together. That's That kind of sounds pornish. Not, I don't know for a fact, and I don't know if they list that kind of shit on IMDb. But <laughs> well, they they do, but you gotta. I think you gotta be signed in. Yeah, <laughs> like you can't see you can see even the hardcore stuff. Yeah, but you'd have to be. You can't just go like Google IMDb and find it. So, you gotta go to the dark IMDb. IMDb X. IMDb IMDb at night. You can see all the. We can trace we can trace back the history of all the Emmanuel movies if we just sign in. <laughs> but yeah, basically before this though, he he had uh, he had done uh, the Last House on the Left. He was a producer on that, so I think that was kind of kind of his one you know huge work before this, right? I mean, he had done a handful of other things, but I'd say that was probably the one that kind of put him on the map as far mm -hmm. as. You said handful. <laughs> <laughs> Together. So yeah, basically just the Friday the 13th stuff. You know, uh, he's been a producer on a lot of that in The Last House on the Left. Victor Miller is known for, once again, writing uh, a lot of these. Like he wrote the original, this original movie, Jason X. Uh, he was one of the writers on the reboot from 2009. So that was 11 years ago, by the way. Apparently he'd also uh, wrote a lot of episodes of All My Children, the uh, the. Uh, ABC soap opera that's been on forever and a day. So that's where Will, that's where you would know him from, of course. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I always got to make sure to, you know, to get what you know in there. But yeah, basically a soap opera guy uh, that just happened to write a bunch of these uh, Friday the 13th movies. So go figure. <laughs> Whatever the connection is there. And of course, uh, Smoke alluded to it a minute ago, Tom Savini who did a lot of the special, he did the special effects in this movie and the stunts yes. and stuff like that. Um, yeah, he was hot. He was 
pretty much hot off the heels of Dawn of the Dead and he'd done, you know, for Romero and Romero's Martin. Definitely hot property at that time. So Tom Savini, I'm looking on Wikipedia. This is where I found this. Tom Savini was hired to design the film special effects based upon his work in uh, George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Uh, and that would have been, mm-hmm. what, a year or two prior to that. Um, I think it was two years, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Savini... Or at did, least, I mean, when they, I think when they went into production, they started shooting in 79, so, hell, he probably just got off. Yeah, literally just <laughs> yeah, probably finished doing... Jump from Dawn one to the, the other, yeah. on Friday 13th. Savini's design contributions to this movie included crafting the effects of Marcy's axe wound to the face, the arrow penetrating Jack's throat, Kevin which that's Bacon, uh, yeah. the Kevin Bacon scene, yeah. <laughs> And uh, Mrs. Voorhees' decapitation by the machete, which is one of the big, you know, moments at the end. So those will be like the the, the huge marks. Spoiler that... alert! No. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Uh... <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Oh no. Oh, what the <laughs> hell? See, that those would be, and I'm sure plenty of other things throughout the movie, but those will be, I guess, the three biggest uh, uh, moments where Savini's contributions are clearly on the, uh, oh, on yeah, the forefront. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. That you could tell his work from, you know, you're right. Any other run-of-the-mill, you know, effects guy going around the time was yeah. yeah, definitely that, definitely that arrow through the throat thing. Because, and I think they had to tone that back. I guess we'll get into that once we get into the movies. Yeah. What else? I mean, good lord, Tom Savini's had his hand in a ton of stuff. What, like we said, Dawn <laughs> the Dead, Friday the Thirteenth, uh, from Dust Till Dawn. He's he was, actually yeah. he's actually got a pretty big part in that. Yeah, as far as and acting, that's actually what he really wanted to do was acting more so than anything else. Yeah. And the effects and, just kind of came secondary because he was a fan, a huge fan of, of Lon Chaney. Of course, Lon Chaney being. An actor, that's that's I think that was the, his initial dream was to be able to do that effects and acting equally. He he's also does a lot of stunts and stuff too, right? Like uh Oh yeah. Kind of a yeah. stunt man too. Like or at least back yeah, he in got hurt on Dawn of the Dead, I know. He did it remember the, the scene where he because he's an actor in there, he plays uh, Blade, the one of the motorcycle, you know, gang guys that comes in at the end of Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And that scene where he gets uh he gets off by uh or we get shot, and you know, and then he falls off the uh, top floor of the mall, second floor, whatever, down to the first floor. Yeah, he did that, and all they had, I think, was some cardboard boxes and mattresses on top of <laughs> cardboard boxes. So <laughs> that's all. Do it. That's Some always going to end well. <laughs> yeah, just as a makeup artist, I'll go through IMDb just a little bit back in his earlier days. Just this is just makeup artist, not act, uh, acting or any of the stunts or anything. Uh, his credits include The Range, Confessions of a Necrophile, Dead of Night, Martin. This movie, Maniac, Eyes of a Stranger, The Burning, The Prowler, Creep Show, which we've, uh, um, I don't recall which episode it was, but we have talked about that here on the Spook Show before. You can mm-hmm. go back in the archives and find that. Alone in the Dark, Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter, Day of the Dead, Invasion USA, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2, the, the music video, Twisted Sister, Come Out and Play, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Monkey Shines. Two Evil Eyes, one of Will's personal favorites, Blood Sucking Pharaohs in Pittsburgh. Uh, Who hasn't seen that, though? Come on. <laughs> I, well, you're not alone there. I'm, my bad. Uh, <laughs> Trauma, Killing Zoe, Necronomicon, Book of the Dead. The list goes on and on. So you can see this guy's uh, imprint on the horror industry is is I mean, pretty. He's got his own school, you know, or he has had his own school for a while now for teaching effects. I think he still <laughs> does. I think it's still a thing. Yeah, yeah he still does. Yeah, yeah. Um, and attends conventions. I mean, all the time still. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the last convention I went to, he was there, and I didn't get a chance to go like meet him. He had a little bit of a line going, and like uh, we were about to leave or something like that, so I didn't get a chance to go meet him. But he's definitely one of those dudes I'd like to uh, shake his hand for yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, he's been doing. Uh, hell, I saw him at the first convention I ever went to, which was uh, in 1992, Weekend of Horrors mm-hmm. in LA. He was there, and then at the last convention I went to, which was before this whole pandemic. 
uh, sometime, I guess, near the end of last year. <laughs> was He was at that one. So. Yeah. And quite a handful in between, just about everyone I've Almost everyone I've been to, I think. Uh, yeah, he's he definitely gets around for sure to these conventions mm-hmm. and stuff. So, but that's cool though, you know. Uh, that he he loves yeah, he, he's done all he's done, and he still loves it enough to keep going to all yeah. these conventions. It's pretty cool, you know. All right, so the movie stars Betsy Palmer as Mrs. Voorhees. I think it's like Pamela Voorhees, right? I think is her name. She would, I mean, she's mostly like a character actor and stuff like that. I mean, she she was in this, and then and then and then she was in Friday Soap 13th, opera, right? Part Two. Yeah, it's I believe like yeah, she'd been in a ton of soap operas like Knots Landing and. Ton yeah. of ton of TV shows. I mean, on IMDb, her career, her, one of her first credits goes all the way back to 1951. So she's got decades of experience. And in her younger days, she was actually a fairly attractive lady, for sure. Uh, if you want to go back and uh, check out some pictures of her from the 50s. Back in the, the porn days of Sean Nelson. Yeah. It was not in, by, <laughs> in Sean well, by then, I don't know if... Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, she passed away just uh, basically almost almost exactly five years ago. She passed yeah. away uh, May 29th, 2015. So uh, rest in peace. She didn't do much to, uh, uh, according to this. She did, I mean, she did a, a handful of things after this movie, but not a lot. I mean, the, lot. a great bulk of her credits came before this movie. It stars Adrian King as Alice. She's the final girl, right? <laughs> in, the, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the movie. The one, uh, once again, spoiler alert, the one just hanging out in the boat. For some reason, her grand plan at the end of this is to get into a boat and just uh, drift away a into the moon. Just like, just yeah, drift away down the, <laughs> around the lake. I guess. Yeah, not going too far. Yeah, because it's a closed off fucking uh, scout or uh, camp lake. I mean, where's she going, right? Uh, I guess anywhere but there. I guess was the, the thought. Yeah. But, uh, this would basically be a pretty much about the only thing you'd know you would know her from. She's still active today, you know. Although nothing, you know, nothing major. Apparently, mm-hmm. like she did the first two Friday the Thirteenth. She she didn't have a lot before this, although she was uncredited in uh saturday night fever and and in hair so that's uh <laughs> that's interesting but before these two movies not much and really not much after that really like she didn't do anything mm-hmm. again until 2010 10 years ago <laughs> so i don't know what she did for the last 30 years but uh <laughs> well i know on a similar note as with tom savini i don't know how long she was doing this the convention circuit or not but i mean i, I saw her in 1992 at that weekend of horrors as well <laughs> so i yes. don't know if she i don't know if she was riding off a the Friday Thirteenth things and doing yeah. the the uh, conventions for a while or what? She, I don't know how how much she could have made off this first one. Probably not much. I'm sure she made a lot more off uh, the second one. Even yeah, even though she wasn't even in it that much. Yeah, I mean, yeah true. Her, but you know. but at least by yes, then, like, you know, she's a known. You know, I'm sure there's more yeah. money involved by the time the second movie came along. Oh yeah. So uh, maybe she made enough to go ahead and say, you know what, fuck this. I'm I'm bowing <laughs> out for a while. But apparently in 2010, though, she came back and did a movie called Psychic Experiment, and she's done a handful of things since then, like. Far more since 2010 than she did uh, before and during Friday the 13th. So I guess she uh, decided to dive all all the way back in from whatever she was doing for the last 30 years or so. It also stars Janine Taylor as Marcy. She's one of the uh, counselors that gets axed, which is pretty much everyone that we talk about from here on out. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) This is basically pretty much the only thing you'd know her from. I mean, literally, she has two acting credits, this and a TV movie a couple years later called The Royal Romance of Charles and Diana. That's it. <laughs> so she must have uh, been so enamored with it, she said, fuck this, I'm out. Um, it stars Robbie Morgan as Annie, another one of the, the, the girl counselors there. She is, once again, she's still active, although, like, same deal. Like, she pretty much made a handful of things, made this movie, and then went away for, like, 30-plus years, and then they finally come back. She uh, was in a movie called Me, Me Natalie, 
then a movie called What's the Matter with Helen, then this, Friday the 13th, nine years later, then a TV movie called Forbidden Love, and she was in an episode of The Fall Guy. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> then a TV movie called I Married a Centerfold, and then just went away for 30 years. Apparently now she's in a, she's been in a few things, a movie called Dutch Hollow, uh, and some other things that are going to be coming out, so it's weird, like... <laughs> Now, there's a couple of these actresses that just like pretty much went away for 25, 30 years, and now all of a sudden they're doing stuff again. And of course, this uh, little indie actor, a guy named Kevin Bacon, um, <laughs> who play who plays the role Jack. Now, if you could only connect him to other other movie <laughs> actors through movies, I wonder I wonder why that became a thing. Like, why him? Like, why the six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Like, connecting him to every other act. Uh, person in hollywood why was it him yeah, I, don't know. I don't know why i don't know if that was just I, uh, like, i'm gonna flip. guess the fact <laughs> i'm gonna guess the fact that he was in a ton of movies and then i believe people probably just started playing the game in general just hey can you connect this person to that person using just movies and they started realizing you can use kevin bacon for just about everything that's the truth i mean yeah and i, I it's it's rarely disproven that you can't i mean this dude's been in a ton of stuff and uh he's even in street trash now According, <laughs> according to IMDb, his credits go, uh, believe it or not, go all the way back to 1951. He was in a, uh, well, not not technically, that's not true. It's a show called Search for Tomorrow, and in 1979, <laughs> he was in an episode of this. But the show, I guess, goes back to 1951. Uh, <laughs> since he was born in uh, 1958, so that'd be kind of hard to do, right? <laughs> Uh, but basically, like we said earlier, his first movie role was uh, National Lampoon's Animal House in a movie called Starting Over, a TV movie called The Gift, a movie called Hero at Large, and then this, Friday the 13th. So I would imagine, like, you know, between Animal House and then this, like, his star is kind of uh, on the rise for sure. Within the few, next few years later that uh, he was in a, uh, the soap opera Guiding Light, he was in that movie Diner. Uh, and then eventually his huge breakout role in 1984, Footloose. And then he's been in tons of other stuff since then. But um, I'd say Footloose is probably the one movie, if you didn't know any of oh, any yeah. other movie, yeah. right? Footloose <laughs> yeah. would be the one that you'd know Kevin Bacon from. If I recall Hollow Man being pretty good, though, right? It was kind of like The Invisible Man, right? Yeah, didn't, have a, uh, didn't that have like Elizabeth Shue in it as well? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. she was, yeah. It also stars Harry Crosby as Bill. He's uh, another one of the counselors there that, that gets the axe. Um, once again, not many credits. Matter of fact, this is his first credit, Friday the 13th. Um, he played in a couple other uh, TV TV movies and an episode of a, a series in 1984 called Double Trouble. Never heard of it. And then a movie in 1989 Then pretty much went away. So I guess he found something... Better to do with his life after that. Laurie Bartram as Brenda. Yeah, yet another, not many credits. Um, matter of fact, this was her last movie credit. She was in a couple episodes of the show Emergency back in the 70s. Uncredited role in the House of Seven Corpses, which uh, we should talk about that. We should go down the House of Blank Corpses row of movie because apparently there's at least another one. <laughs> oh yeah the house of blank oh, this, yeah, yeah the house of this or that like yeah yeah you know, house by the cemetery you know that should be our next series <laughs> last house of dead and street last house of the left <laughs> yeah it's almost as prolific as the don't you know don't yeah. go near the park don't don't answer the phone <laughs> oh yeah don't answer the phone what a what a piece of shit that barely has anything to do with phones or answering phones yeah. Uh, anyway, she was in that soap opera, Another World, and then her last credit was this movie, Friday the 13th. I don't know what she went on to do, but she passed away uh, May 25th, 2007. 
at the age of 49. So uh, rest in peace to Laurie Bartram. It also stars Mark Nelson as Ned. He's got a little bit more credits. I mean, he's still <laughs> he's still kicking around today. Um, mostly just TV movies, TV series, and stuff like that. Nothing really that you'd probably recognize him much from. Apparently he has a role. He's been in an episode of recently of that show, The Good Wife. I think it comes on CBS. And a few episodes of Law and Order. So, you know, just stuff like that. Peter Brower is Steve Christie. He's the uh, the guy that owns the camp that's trying to open it back up. You know, that, that old wise decision to open this place back up. To open, <laughs> open camp blood back up. Um, that was a good idea. Apparently he's the money mark. <laughs> to uh, <laughs> open this thing back up. Once again, pretty much probably the only thing you'd know him from. I mean, he's been in a ton of TV series, soap operas. I'm really seeing the connection here, honestly, once you start diving into this, to soap operas. Because you've got, uh, uh, was it Victor Miller, who's a huge soap opera guy? And almost every one of these people have some connection to a damn soap opera. He probably just started cherry-picking some uh, some uh, some random actors from uh, episodes that he had written or something. <laughs> from some of these soap operas because like this dude had been in as the world turns one life to live all my children like he's been in all of them like you said this was an indie film so you know guys are going to go with what they know yeah yeah it makes sense i mean you know i can't blame them i mean and, and honestly most of these if you think about it most of these are just uh uh stab fodder anyways right so it's not like it's not like you needed somebody with like really good acting chops to get to get it over so eh, let's just take uh Eight people from soap operas, and let's make this movie. Walt Gorney was the actor that played uh, old Crazy Ralph, the uh, the guy that just keeps yeah, popping up. Death curse. Yeah, the guy that keeps <laughs> popping up everywhere. You're all going to die. You're all going <laughs> to die. He is mostly known from this. Apparently, he was in the Rodney Dangerfield movie, uh, movie Easy Money. He had a role in Trading Places. He's only got 13 acting credits, but uh, he was fairly memorable in the, in the ones that he in the ones that he got. Uh, pretty much all in the 70s and 80s, because like his last credit, uh, which was uncredited, by the way, Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. Um, he's the opening narrator uh, <laughs> in that movie, which uh, which makes sense because, you know, of his connection to the early ones. But remember, if you recall, once again, spoiler, he uh, he dies in the second movie, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, uh, unfortunately, once again, he passed away March 5th, 2004, at the age of 91, so... Um, he must have uh, done some other things in, uh, throughout his life. I mean, because to be that age and pretty much only in the 70s and 80s, he he only had 13 acting credits. So he must have had a lot of other things that he did in his life other than acting. So, yeah, I just figured I'd mention him before we move on. So uh, And, of course, he appears maybe just a few seconds at the end, Jason, mm-hmm. as a little boy. As a boy. Yeah, he was played by Ari Lehman, which this is pretty much the only thing you know. I mean, he's got 35 acting credits, but... Trust me, this is the only thing you would possibly uh, know this guy from. But I just figured I'd, I'd add that since you do see Jason very briefly, you know, at the end of the movie. Boy, we had mentioned uh, about uh, uh, top grossing indie films uh-huh. earlier. It's not in the top ten, according to this article I found. The top ten that I found, number one was Passion of the Christ, because that was financed by Mel Gibson. I'm just going to kind of run over the rest of them. Slumdog Millionaire. My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Shakespeare in Love, Blair Witch Project, Juno, Goodwill Hunting, Fahrenheit 9-11, Pulp Fiction, and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. All movies that came out well after this movie, so... Oh, yeah, I guarantee it, you do the price adjustment on yeah, this, yeah. it's probably up there. Well, that too, I, what I mean by that is like, you know, that that stands 
the reason what I said is that at the time this might have been because it was almost like like Smoke said it was almost unheard of for a a movie like that with a budget like that to actually go on to make that much money you know almost sixty million dollars yeah. so especially at the time because I believe it was one of the highest grossing movies definitely one of the highest grossing movies of that year and it's definitely list. the sole reason for all the all the movies that followed as far as well much to the chagrin of I guess all the. Uh... <laughs> Censors or whatever you want to call it, all the people against uh, or at the time like it, it just opened that floodgates for slasher movies and more violent. I guess you know since the box office for it was so be- so huge, slashers just inundated everything. Now, as far as horror franchises go, Friday the Thirteenth is number twenty three on the list. It comes in at four hundred and sixty six and a half million dollars. That's twelve movies, which means the average of each movie is thirty eight point eight million dollars. The highest grossing film of those 12 movies is Freddy vs. Jason. It made $114.9 million. But I believe... And the most recent one? No, the most recent one will be the reboot. I think that will be counted in the 12 movies. Yeah. But it didn't do as well as that, obviously. I mean, Freddy vs. Jason, that's by far, I think, probably more than any of the other movies made. And that was simply, you know, because of that that standoff. <laughs> you know, you got your Freddy yeah, yeah. Jason stuff. Now, right above that, as far as horror franchises, ironically, A Nightmare on Elm Street. It's number 22. <laughs> it made, remember I said it made $466.5 million Friday the 13th. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street films, nine movies, made $508.4 million. And the highest grossing movie out of all those is A Nightmare on Elm Street. I believe it'd be the, I'm not sure if that's the first one or the uh, reboot. It doesn't say. I, I would hope it was the original. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking, you know, just... Uh-huh. Time-wise, 1984 to 2010, yeah, it makes yeah. more sense, you know. But, uh, yeah, I would yeah, I would like to think so. so much more. Yeah, I would like to think so, but it could very well be the reboot. It be because, the yeah, because it doesn't yeah. specify which, which one, and they were called the same thing, so I'm not sure there. But, yeah, it's just ironic, the similarities between those two franchises, how much how they're right beside each other money-wise overall, and uh, the top-grossing movie in each one almost made the exact same amount of money, so it's kind of crazy. And then, like you said, the the highest-grossing one of the Jason is the one with Freddy in it. So go figure. <laughs> Freddy's slightly more successful, although I do believe and they were teasing that uh, that Freddy versus Jason standoff since uh, Friday Thirteenth Part and well, I don't know if they called it Part Nine. Friday Thirteenth, uh, Jason goes to hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, the very end, end of it, uh, yeah, yeah. Freddy Sam comes up and grabs a mask. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it had been a number of years that was kind of teased. And then, it came to be. and then once again, spoiler, like uh, Friday, the th- or, uh, I'm sorry, Freddy versus Jason literally ends with a wink, right? Like, <laughs> like yeah. doesn't, doesn't Jason yeah. come out, Jason comes out of the water with Freddy's head, Freddy's head. and then yeah, he opens up his eyes and winks. Like, <laughs> so that yeah. like, you really don't have a clear winner there between the two, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although myself, I've been, I've always been slightly more Jason guy than Freddy. I, I guess yeah, there is that too. conversation to be had, right? Like where you Gee, land. Yeah. Between the two, Where you stand at with your slasher killers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, then, and even what you consider to be a slasher, some people wouldn't consider Texas Chainsaw Massacre to be a slasher type thing, you know, or the first movie. And really, the first movie is not a slasher movie. I mean, it came more so probably in the second one, but, but yeah, depending on whether you consider Leatherface a slasher killer or not. Yeah, I think now most people do, but. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. 
Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so I guess uh, what we'll do here is uh, we're going to introduce you to our special guest that we teased earlier in the show. We have three particular special guests. Um, well, I'll let you uh, introduce your special guest. It's, it's the old ball and chain. Hey, Aaron. Hi. <laughs> Hello, ball and chain. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, professor, uh, do you have a special yes. guest with you? I do. I do. And uh, my wife as well is joining us today on the show. Hi. Is Tiana. Hello. Hello. And I have, I have my special guest with me. My wife, Stacy, is on board. Say hello, Stacy. I almost sound like a baby crying for a second there. Sorry. <laughs> Put the child down. No babies in here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we figured uh, just kind of uh, as a special little, uh, you know, something fun to do for Mother's Day, we'd have all of our wives on here to help us talk about the glory of Friday the 13th. We'll do what we normally do here. Um, Will, I'll toss to you first, you and Aaron. Is this the first time? Aaron, I'm sure this is the first time you've seen this, right? Actually, yeah. I thought that I had seen it. I guess I've seen one of the other Friday the 13th because uh, it was it was my first time. I made Will watch it during the day with me so that I wouldn't be scared. <laughs> In the middle of the day with the light. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's an easy mistake to make since there's like 82 of these movies. So God knows which one you watched. And so that being said, uh, what were your initial reactions? You know, don't necessarily tell us like your rating of it. Just what were your initial reactions of it? Well... <laughs> Even though I am a total pansy, I can handle 1980 horror flicks. <laughs> the light being on was not needed. I did jump once, but only once, and that's pretty remarkable for me. That is good. Will, what were your initial reactions? Now, this isn't the first time you've seen it, right? Yeah, no, no, I've seen it before. Yeah, yeah. So what, uh, what do you think? Then uh, and now. You know, yeah. like, back then, I'm sure I loved it. But, like, as far as this viewing, some of the 80s stuff, like, like you got to put it in a historical context. Because that, now that so many things have come out, mm -hmm. you know, and have, have kind of been derived off of that, it, it's just not holding the, the light that it used to. I'm not saying that it wasn't good. It's just, it doesn't put you on the edge of the seat like it did, you know, like 20 years ago. Smoke, what about you? I know this is like probably the 142nd uh, viewing of this movie for you. Um, and Amazingly yeah. enough, it's his first. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, you and Tiana, what are you? Uh, no, it's, uh, you know, one of those. Well, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm probably the oldest of all of us here. So being born in the 70s and being growing up in the early 80s as a kid is one of those movies that's kind of like an urban legend thing that, you know, you hear about it and then you finally see it. A lot of my, you know, personal horror movie history is wrapped up movie and others like it like halloween texas chainsaw and all that so I, I really can't put a number on how many times i've seen it but or even the first time i don't even remember when i first saw it probably hbo or one of the movie channels before i even you know saw it on tape or whatever and i, I think i even saw one of the other friday 13th before this one i think i had already seen part three actually and then part two and kind of went backwards to part one every time i watch it i still enjoy it it's just a one of those personal sort of benchmark horror movies for me, like Halloween and Texas Chainsaw. How about you, hon? Um, well, yeah, I've seen it when I was very young. <laughs> kind of grew up on horror. <laughs> <laughs> you had a good raising then. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so I take it you have you definitely enjoyed this one then. Oh, yeah. Um, I like the surprise endings they have. That'll be interesting once we get into that. Before I get to you, Stacy, were uh, any of y'all actually really surprised? I guess Aaron and Stacy are really the only ones that haven't watched this before. Were you really surprised by that at the end or when he comes out of the lake? Yeah. Oh yeah, that I <laughs> I jumped. Um, yeah. 
I guess in my mind, since the mom was the the killer, that he wasn't gonna be in that movie at all. Mm-hmm. So I was I was thinking like, how is she sleeping? Come on, the sun is out. <laughs> and then I thought the movie was over, and then he came out of the water. Well, and, it was um, a little bit of a rough night, though. I mean, I'd say it's not—it's not—it's not sleeping. It's more like just passed out. Probably yes, but it definitely got me at the end. Stacy, what about you? I know this is the first time you watched it. What'd you think? Well, I knew there was something with the lake, so like I wasn't really scared. It didn't really surprise me, I guess. It was more like, I kept thinking the entire movie, like, well, I know he's not dead because he comes back in the next movie, so where the heck is he at? Now, if, if you knew anything <laughs> about the history of these movies, you know that doesn't mean shit, but go ahead. But yeah, that's like, that's what I was thinking the entire movie. is like, well, I know, <laughs> like, what, where is he going to come in at? That's where, the entire movie, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Even even after we knew it was like the mom. To step back a second, what were your initial reactions to it? Though I mean, did you enjoy it? Yeah, no. I mean, uh, um, was it what you, you know, expected? I'm not a big horror fan, but uh-huh. surprise, surprise. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that, I guess that is about as a ring of an, an an endorsement as I can get out of you. So uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, myself, I don't even remember the. I'm like smoke. I don't remember the first time I watched this thing, and. and Honestly, just like you, I might have watched some of the other ones before I watched the first one. There's a good <laughs> chance. I mean, I remember being like seven, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in that range, and watching these movies with my dad and my brother. So oh. there's no telling when I watched this this one, but uh, I've always enjoyed it. You know, it, it kind of holds a special place Not for no other reason than it's the one that started it. So you know, it's always kind of been held in high regard for me, right? So and and then the interesting evolution of things, you know, in the second one, and then eventually in the third one, you know. As you watch these as they go along. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, Will, we've talked about in the past. I, I know uh, you use it quite a bit. Anything new you've been listening to lately? We just got uh, the Stephen King book, uh, The Institution. I believe it came out last year. And it's been pretty good. I mean, we're, we're probably uh, about five hours into it. And it's been pretty good so far. Uh, my wife Erin's on today. What about you, Beth? How have you liked it? I'm really enjoying it. Um, I like that Will and I are listening to a book together because we don't usually read the same, same genre. Um, so it's like we're having a little marital book club. Uh, but some of the books that I really enjoy are the Outlander series. I think I've listened to the last four books on Audible. And the narrator is fantastic. And I really enjoy him. Do you ever really listen to any uh, horror or thriller books or anything like that? Or just stuff like that? Oh, that's a big negative for me. <laughs> uh <laughs> I like uh, romantic comedies and obviously time travel romances. <laughs> so that'll be the new spinoff of the Spook Show is uh, All American <laughs> Rom Com. Yeah, even watching uh, Friday the Thirteenth for this—that was a step out of my comfort zone for you guys. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com/spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com/spookshow for your free audiobook. So to let you, to let uh, the ladies know what we usually do here is we we literally like go through the movie because like this is a spoiler podcast pretty much scene for scene although I won't you know go deep into it it's not like I'm reading the script but you get the point like you know we're kind we kind of go through it and we we comment when we want to or if you got anything to add you know you can interject so the movie begins 
um, you see like the outside of a, of a, camp, a summer camp. And then on the bottom it says Camp Crystal Lake, 1958. And there's a group of counselors in there singing. They're kumbaya or whatever the hell they're singing. And then <laughs> you realize that someone is creeping around in a kid's cabin. Like, you know, there's kids asleep in the cabin and there's so, someone's walking through. Which is kind of cool, uh, the, the point of view camera in this movie is done very well like the cinema the cinematography in my opinion is uh done very well in this movie if you watch a lot of horror movies it's usually not quite as good as this especially back in those days i mean i think it has yeah, a I mean, pretty high quality it's kind of like cliche right i mean people say that and i think all oh, it's cliche you know the first person perspective is done but back then it wasn't done nearly as much yeah first I mean, person, yeah this is probably one of the first first big movies that really uh pulled it off well right when you say yeah i think didn't we? Well, we covered what was it? Black Christmas? Didn't they do that? Did they do that on Black Christmas? Yeah, they did. I yeah, right. say they bounced around a little bit with that, but yeah, the the no. one that really sticks out with me is that uh one tracking shot in Street Trash, which was a couple <laughs> of years later. Um, then of course uh, the count. You go back to the counselors. They're singing Kumbaya, and then two of them just give each other the Iggy, and then they get up, uh, get ready to go screw, right? So they, they go off and they find a barn. Which you know the the funny part is like this is Camp Crystal Crystal Lake. Obviously, it's the same place, right? I don't think we ever see this barn again, right? Like it's like a a second level barn that they go up into, right? Because yeah. they go up into the loft of something. But I don't think yeah, you ever see this spot. The building when they reopen the camp or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like you don't, don't ever see this book. spot again. And I guess uh, maybe that building uh, got torn down or something. And it has been, I guess, at this point, it'd be like twenty two years later or something. But still, uh, just one of those random things you see. I'm sure when they're, when they're going through this, and you're just like, all right, <laughs> these two kids got murdered up here. Let's just go ahead and burn it. Down. <laughs> Let's tear it down. No one will ever open this camp again. <laughs> then uh, the point of view camera, you know, somebody goes up and finds them and then without, you know, any kind of warning or anything or, or saying anything, he just stabs the dude. He falls over, uh, blood instantly coming out of his mouth and then kind of comes at the girl like, you know, she's kind of running away. And then eventually, I assume you guess, you know, she grabs a hold of her or the, the someone, I should say, grabs a hold of the uh, the girl counselor. But then it kind of like slow-mo, freeze, fades to white. Then that's when you see the title, Friday the 13th, kind of comes at you like a 3D effect and then it busts through the glass. And then, then we get to part three, right? It's like the three, it's 3D in the theater and then that same logo comes to the screen and it's, I think it was an explosion, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that great 80s soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, that unforgettable Harry Menford 80 score, right? <laughs> Which I think we kind of uh, neglected to mention earlier in the show. I don't think we really talked about him and the uh, the soundtrack or the score of this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's got to be one of the most iconic sound that, that like, like my mom, you know, that echo yeah. sound effect that they put on there before every kill or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and their conscious decision to leave like no music at all until the killer is present. Right. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys like really notice that as you're watching it, but like there's no music playing at silence until you know the killer is around somewhere. Then you'll around, hear some type yeah, of music. POV through the trees or something. Then you yeah, hear music. yeah. Not until the very end, you know, once it's all kind of uh, settled and then there's a different uh, music situation going on there. But so, anyways, yeah, you see the title bust of the glass, and then you cut to the uh, front of the camp, and it says, or I guess it's the front of the camp. I don't remember what the hell you see, but on the bottom it says Friday, June 13th, the present. Actually, I think it's the town. Now that I think of it, I think it's like the uh, the little town nearby um, that you see, and it says Friday, June 13th, the present on the bottom. But then you're uh, introduced to Annie, who's backpacking through the town, and, you know, you just kind of, there's these long shots where you see the town and everything as she's walking through, 
and she goes into a diner and she's like uh she said like i'm looking for camp crystal lake and then they all pull the Pee Wee herman like they all stop drop their fork and look at her like <gasps> you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everything everything except the jukebox goes I mean, although she did turn the volume down on the music the, <laughs> yeah there should have been a record scratch or something or yeah. a yeah. cat that just leaps out of nowhere and jumps out a window or something you know like, what <laughs> um <laughs> Somebody in the background goes, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but eventually, like, uh, they're like, uh, well, uh, if you're going down there, uh, old uh, old Johnny here, whatever the hell his name was, his truck driver, is like, he's going that way. He'll drop you off. All right. So she gets a ride to the one camp. Of the, one of the patrons in there, I think that's the first time you hear the Camp Blood reference, right? Cause one, of the, the, one of the women there in the camp. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember which one says, oh, you got the Camp Blood? Oh, they're opening up Camp Blood, eh? <laughs> so then uh, they go outside. Like, he's going to give her a ride. So they go outside, and then Crazy Ralph jumps out of nowhere. And uh, he's spouting the gospel of, like, that camp has a death curse. You're all going to die. So this is the first time you see this fool. <laughs> then he's like, hey, get out of here, you crazy son of a bitch. He says something to her, like, God damn it, Ralph. And then, you know, he just kind of, like, scoots away, and then they get into the truck. Uh, meanwhile, he's kind of being creepy to her, right? Like, all the rest of those cancelers are as pretty as you. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's a big creeper factor in the movie. Not just him, but later on through some of the camp counselors. <laughs> so yeah, like as they're driving towards the camp, uh, he's kind of giving her the the history. You know, like yeah, there was a couple counselors got counselors got killed up there like a year after a boy drowned, and the water was poisoned up there one time or something. You know, he's just kind of filling her in on what's been going on all these years. And uh, he's like, my advice to you is just to quit. Uh, and then she's kind of snarky, like, you know, yeah, you're an American original or whatever, you know, she, they're going back and forth. He's at ah, fucking kids. So then he just drops her off at the cemetery. <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, wow, he, he didn't even take her to the camp. Yeah. He was like, this looks like a good drop off spot. Out you go. Now the, 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 the geography. Wait, you're die, so here's where you're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> good luck going to camp blood. Now the geography of this is weird, like throughout the movie, but like, Best I can tell is like, all right, I'm just going to take you to the crossroads. So I guess that's where he dropped her off in front of that cemetery, right? But I think later on they say something like, that's like 10 miles away from the fucking camp. So <laughs> I'm just going to drop you off on the side of the road. And you still got to walk 10 miles. So wherever this camp is, it's far away from anything else. I mean, they, they established that pretty well. So I'm taking you to Camp Death. By the way, here's a 10-mile hike. I'm sure nothing will happen. <laughs> I just dropped you off in the cemetery. I'm giving you a shortcut. You just jump right in. Yeah. <laughs> Shovel. You can go ahead and dig the hole. <laughs> you dumb kids. <laughs> uh, so now you're introduced to Ned, Marcy, and Jack. This is uh, Jack is uh, Kevin Bacon's character. For you ladies looking out for Ke uh, Kevin Bacon, right? I was excited to see him. <laughs> a recognizable face in a sea of none. <laughs> <laughs> they're in a truck riding to the camp and i love the like the country hoedown music they got playing oh yeah yeah it's like a cutaway from dukes of hazard in this in this <laughs> this music they're playing it's like i was expecting the slow-mo and then the the thing to stop like those boys got themselves in trouble yeah <laughs> let's see what them duke boys is into now or like somebody like comes up from behind a bale of hay and you see the hee-haw donkey yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're traveling to the camp. So then, like now, you're uh, they get to the camp and you're introduced to Steve Christie, who is the guy that like owns the camp and who's fixing it back up to open it. And he immediately puts them to work. Like he's out fucking around with like oh, yeah, a, yeah. A, a, a the By bottom. The way, I looked it up. He's the, he's a brother of Chris Christie. <laughs> well, they are in New Jersey, so it it all <laughs> makes sense. See. Uh huh. <laughs> 
Um, he immediately puts him to work. Like, no, hello, hi, how you doing? I'm, my name is Steve. No, he's just like, get over and help me now. Quick, this stump has to get out of the ground right now. <laughs> and then somebody, what's your some help? Gonna somebody take... was going to do something else. He's like, no, no, I want you to do the painting. You do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they just like flop it over, you know, flop the whole stump over. And then he's, oh, by the way, my name's Steve Christie. And now he's... Now he's fine to do the introductions and everything after he's put him to work. And then you're introduced to Alice. She comes in, and, of course, there's, like, the uh, the really long shot of her so you can establish, like, she's one of the heroines of the movie, right? <laughs> like, oh, by the way, this is Alice, and then it freezes on her for, like, ten full seconds before anyone says anything else. Um, <laughs> so he's like, yeah, do this, this, this. He's pointing everybody in every direction. And then later on, Alice is, like, messing around with, like, a gutter. She's putting a gutter up on a on the uh, side of the, uh, like an overhang on a ca- front of a cabin. And then Steve comes up and just starts creeping on her. <laughs> She's basically telling him, yeah, this ain't my thing. I want to get out of here. He's like, no, just give me a little bit more time. And then he's stroking her face. <laughs> time, time for what? Yeah, he caresses her cheek. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sticking I mean, around another week. Since we have a bunch of women on the show, how often does that work? Like when, when somebody's creeping on you, they touch your face and everything's fine. Oh, well, that was a quality Never. I always looked for in a camp director. <laughs> joking. Well, look, it was a different it's, time in 1980, all right? Yeah. It's like he's trying to convince her not to become a lesbian or something. Yeah. Don't, don't go over to the dark <laughs> yeah. side just like, yet. Just give me some girl. more time. You just need a little bit more Steve, that's all. <laughs> this haircut doesn't have to be your lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that does fit with the haircut, doesn't it? <laughs> it did, yeah. <laughs> but I'm surprised that she wasn't immediately turned on to him just because of his cut off tight denim shorts with a belt. You're talking oh, about the boots too, right? He had like the boots on. <laughs> yes, he did. His homemade jorts and his porn stash. Ah, yes. Steve Christie had it going on, ladies. Yeah, yeah, he's got the neckerchief. I mean, he, he was fine. But it, it is weird that they, like, allude to, like, there's something. He wants something to go on there, or maybe there ha- uh, has been something going on there, and then it's never brought up ever again throughout the entire movie. Yeah. I guess it was too creepy, so let's just leave that one at the uh, when they were putting up the gutters. Yeah. <laughs> So now you're introduced to Bill, who's uh, another one of the the counselors there. He's uh, like painting a, a, I guess it's like a, a watchtower for the lake or something. I guess is what the hell that is. I'm not sure what it is, but he's painting it. Alice comes along, asking him if he needs help or whatever. And so you're introduced to him, and then uh, eventually now you cut to Steve. Uh, he's like, all right, well I've put you all to work, now I'm getting out of here. <laughs> he's leaving for supplies or something, but as it turns out, he's just down at the fucking diner eating for the last couple hours. <laughs> By the way, I just want to point out that dude ate an entire meal for less than three dollars. Yes, two twenty-five, I think, to be exact. <laughs> yes. And then he still gets the change back from her, cheap bastard. No, he tipped. He yeah, he tipped. What oh, did he keep the keep the seventy-five cents? All right, big big spender, old creep boy is. So uh, Steve leaves for supplies. Twenty percent, and then whatever it was, and then there's the scene where you're introduced to Brenda. She's out like on the archery range, like you know, setting stuff up. And then all of a sudden, uh, the group asshole Ned he shoots an arrow like you know two feet away from her as she's standing there like messing around with the little uh, uh, target. This See, at that co- point, I'm surprised there wasn't a murder right there. I would have yanked that shit right out of the uh, the target 
and chase that motherfucker down. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, man. He's just silly. Old Ned. If there's he one... does voices and, and commits near murder. If there's one of these dudes... He's you... no Shelly, though. He's no Shelly. He didn't... He well, didn't true. I'll give you that. Bullshit, and then still provide the iconic mask. He took, he, took, <laughs> he took it up a notch, for sure, but it took two more movies. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, but if there's anyone you wanted to see get it, it's Ned, and you don't see it happen. Mm-hmm. Like, he just goes into a cabin, and then he's dead. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you notice, too, like, they never discover him, right? <laughs> like... Maybe that's something we could say for later on. Yeah, the camera reveals it, but yeah, they never. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, (laughs) almost all the other ones like are revealed in some other weird way. Like, you know, fall out of the tree. He's stuck to the door, you know, blah, blah, blah. Thrown through a window. They don't worry about old stupid Ned. They just left his ass on a bunk. No, he's just snoozing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is a heavy sleeper. <laughs> While the bump and grind goes on. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, he didn't even get any of that bump and grind. You know, sl- you know slash movie using you know, have sex and die. But he didn't get any of that. He's really a sad, well, he, he he's felt- really a sad case. I mean, <laughs> you could go 30 minutes on the like, sad case of Ned. He was just a class clown. <laughs> this will sound like a really good documentary. Yeah. <laughs> The tragedy of Ned. <laughs> so then you see Annie again, the hitchhiker. She's uh, She thumbs a ride from a Jeep. Now, at first, you're like, this Jeep, it must be Steve. Steve, right? I mean, is is that, am I the only one that's kind of thinking that, like, right out the gate? No, I'm, th- th- no yeah, I'm thinking that's, that's what, exactly what I was saying to Tiana, too. Because yeah. you see the Jeep, and it's the same color, basically, or at least close enough mm-hmm. to where you put that together. You or, I guess that's what they want you to Yeah, do. obviously, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they, they go out of their way not to show you who it is and everything like that and mm-hmm. the old point of view camera and everything and, he's, and the person's not responding. <laughs> and um, usually you would kind of think something's up when you're having this entire conversation with somebody and they're not talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also the fact that he, that, what's the name, left, Steve, yeah, that, yeah. that they kind of like, you know, he leaves, so then they, that also kind of plants something. And you have, oh, man, did yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, obviously that's what they're trying to do. It's uh a little sleight of hand there. Maybe she was a little off a rocker from eating shrooms from that 10-mile hike from where that dude left her at the cemetery. <laughs> yeah. But So anyway, she gets in the Jeep, and they're having this weird conversation. And then, like, of course, the, the Jeep keeps passing by uh, the camp. And she's like, hey, I think it was back there. Stop, stop. And then eventually she just <laughs> she just jumps out and misses a fucking boulder on the side of the road by about a foot. <laughs> that's what I was saying too like the only boulder too she kind of yeah. landed on it or missed it except she hurt her leg right? I think her leg hit it but the only boulder rock whatever you want to call yeah, it yeah yeah right she's there. like right beside it um, but then of course the jeep stops and chases her through the woods and then uh, eventually the person catches up to her and then like uh, she's up against a tree and then just slits her throat so Annie is the first death, really, like in this scenario, at least. Like now, now there were technically there were two deaths. The camp counselors, right? In the, in the present time. Yeah, 1958. Yeah, but in no. present day, yeah, Annie is the first one that gets it. And this might be a good time to mention too whether who watched which version. But I mean, I know Josh, you mentioned you watched the uncut version. I think we watched because we were in the middle of a move and all that stuff. We had our we didn't even have our DVD player, Blu-ray player set up, so we watched it. I think on Amazon Prime. Pretty sure yeah, it was the uncut version. Yeah. But it was Maybe. only like 11 seconds long, right? 11 yeah, seconds longer. best I can tell. Yeah, like I think they said it was only eleven seconds longer. And that that first kill went well, out for well. That kill of Annie was one of the things that was like trimmed down. I think you they had the throat slit in there, but then after it, that, you know, the blood starts coming down. I think they cut that part out of the R-rated version. They didn't really stick on it very. They just yeah. kind of you you saw it happen yeah, and then cut away. Yeah, I'm sure that was probably to get the rating down just a tad. You know, because they were uncomfortable yeah, yeah. with how long they were. You know, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, same thing coming up, and I'll mention it once we get to the next, the, one of the other kills, too. 
So now you go back to the uh, camp and the counselors are out swimming. And uh, Brenda kind of looks over across the lake and she thinks she sees someone, but you don't really see anybody over there. But, you know, she keeps moving about her business. Dipshit Ned, he fakes, he fakes his drowning <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> just randomly like, oh, my God, I guess it's to cause like a scene of like, oh, shit, something's happened to him, you know. But it turns out, you know, he was just uh, fucking around. Oh, Ned, you're crazy. You're going to die today. What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Man, I'm going to get lucky. Whether whether I'm going to fake my own drowning or what, I'm going to get lucky. <laughs> so then uh, you, after they swim, uh, Alice is in there, like, uh, taking a shower or whatever, and uh, she's in the cabin, and she finds a snake in the cabin. And then, uh, of course, she yells, uh, she yells for someone. Bill comes in, and then all the rest of the counselors come pouring in, and then it's like, a, it's like fucking watching Abbott and Costello trying to catch a snake. Everybody's just... <laughs> Knocking shit over on purpose, like caving the bed in. Uh, one thing's for sure, too. If, it, if you're not sure if it's a poisonous snake or not, the best thing to do is to look under the bed where you can't even see it with yeah. your face right there. <laughs> just, to, just wait for it to come up right into your grill. Um, then eventually, like, the snake comes out, and then Bill takes his machete that he's got, and he, and he chops it up like he chops it two or three times. By the way, that was a real snake in that. I looked it up. Uh... Yeah. It's a it's a real snake. PETA wasn't around yet, so sit there and I guess complain. You mean they just didn't exist yet, or like you know such things were just like well you know that's yeah, that's showbiz. So fucking <laughs> that is awesome. Well, now I'm sad. Oh yeah, I forgot she loves animals. <laughs> now you just ruined the movie, Will. <laughs> snake, that's just un-American. What the hell else are you supposed to do with a snake? Let it be. No. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you right now, dear, if there's a snake in our house, it's dead. <laughs> well, you, you can do now like you know. Home, well, you, now you know I would not let you kill a snake up. in this house unless it's poisonous. Why do you think I have a machete? <laughs> to chop things down. And snakes. Like snakes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it looks like PETA was uh, originated in 1980, March 22nd. So this is the reason PETA was formed, is what you're telling me. <laughs> They saw Friday the 13th and said, well, we got to do something about this. <laughs> you know, that movie was good, but there was this one part that was really fucked up. I really liked yeah, that yeah, snake. When, and when they he just... shoved the arrow through her throat? No, 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 no. When they killed a real snake. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can say is, like, it did look like a black snake, which are I think are fairly harmless. Oh, yeah. So that was, that was yeah. kind of... <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. They didn't need to kill that snake. Yeah, well. <laughs> well, the, the other thing that I found out about this scene was this originally wasn't in the movie. Like, you know, in the scripted version of the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the effects guy. Uh, he had a uh, instance while filming uh, that uh, uh, he, he, like, ran into a snake. And they decided to try to throw it into the movie. <laughs> you mean he just found it around the camp and just threw it in the cabin? <laughs> No, no, no. I think I think he was like you know messing around the the campsite and came across the snake and was I guess freaked out as one would be like freaked out to the point where you would chop it up with a machete because that's what normal people do. Josh, <laughs> hey, look. As y'all can tell, when we find things in our house, I release them out into the wild. Yeah, <laughs> Josh does not. Thankfully, we haven't found a snake yet, then, because I'm gonna. I, I hate to break it to you, that's gonna end badly. <laughs> For old snake. <laughs> we found a mouse once. I released it back out into the wild. <laughs> Josh. Except for that except for that one that didn't and uh it died. Yeah. Yeah. Um natural causes. <laughs> yeah. 
By the way, Peter, when you listen to this, that's Josh. <laughs> Josh did it. He lives at one. Not two... his wife. Don't don't assume the whole household. Not his wife. <laughs> he lives at one two three Main Street, any town USA. <laughs> five, 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 five five. Yeah, yeah. Right by Camp Crystal Lake. You can call him at Klondike Nine. All right. So, anyways, a motorcycle. Seven five three zero nine. No, don't call that. That's a real number problem. So, so right after the snake clown show, a uh, motorcycle cop just shows up. Dipshit Ned comes running out, dressed like an Indian. Well, well not necessarily dressed like an Indian. He's got an Indian headdress on, and he's wearing like a shirt as a... He's wearing a shirt as a diaper, and he's going... <laughs> <laughs> uh, right as the cop drives up, who, who is like going there to, uh, to you know, bust some people smoking dope is what he yeah. thinks. And then, yeah, then Ned comes out and hides him with, yep. Where where are but you holding the, the grass? It was like he he had an honest reaction in that. It's just <laughs> ah shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give him that. That was pretty good. So apparently the cop has showed up there because he's looking for crazy Ralph. Apparently the they've got word that he's been out this way uh, preaching his uh, wacky gospel. So yeah, we'll keep an eye out. So then you see uh, Alice. She's cleaning up in, uh, inside the uh, the kitchen area there, or the kitchen cabin, whatever the hell it is, the mess hall. She opens up the pantry, and Ralph's standing there. <laughs> you're, you're all doomed. You're all doomed. <laughs> Place has a death Get out, Ralph. Get out. God damn it, Ralph. Now, if this was a different type of movie, I would assume Ralph would probably have his pants down around his knees. <laughs> oh, you're thinking more meatballs than you are uh, Friday the 13th. But then he just like kind of scurries out and then gets on his bike. And you watch this fool ride his bicycle all the way down the path. Like We need to add time to this movie. Uh, how do we do it? Oh, let's watch him go all the way down the bike path. That's a set for the second time that we've seen him get on the bike and ride. Yeah, yeah. First time was from the diner. The thing that stood out to me about that scene and others, actually, um, I startle really easily mm-hmm. and when she opens the pantry and the wackadoodle is standing there <laughs> the wackadoodle like her scream ah! i was like well <laughs> well it would scare the shit <laughs> out of you just I mean, step out of the bathroom and i light up louder than that well that's yeah that's stacy too <laughs> she can know i'm in the room i'm like hey <laughs> yes, i do the same thing oh my god I- I think the worst person on earth is Stacy. I've stood on the other side of a car when she didn't know I was there, and she screamed like a full-grown man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I think that they need to invest. I mean, you know, if we could go back to 1980 and hiring, I don't know, like a screamer for these ladies because they are very polite victims, <laughs> and they could, you know. Well, you only one. Use a little more volume. Well, only one person in this entire movie puts up any kind of fight and is easily able to defeat her. So, yeah. if any of them, <laughs> if any of them put up any kind of effort, this thing would have been over long before a massacre had happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, forget the fact that at the beginning there were two people that could have fought her, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Now they were too busy just freaking out and running for their lives to actually stop her. <laughs> Oh, God, you're going to stab me. I got something I can stab you with. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's another one coming up that uh, that's like that, too. That will... Crazy Ralph uh, checks out, and then five minutes later, after you watch him go down the bike path, it's like uh, late at, or like, you know, evening now, like late dusk. It's almost nighttime. 
and uh, they're in there like about to make dinner, and then the power goes out. So then they all go, or a couple of them go to, uh, they start the generator. Ned is kind of a lonely boy in it over there, you know, like he doesn't have anybody to love him. So he's just kind of uh, skipping down the path by himself. And then he sees someone enter one of the cabins. And he kind of like, hey, can I help you? And then he goes in. And uh, you don't see anything Never happen. Never seen again. <laughs> well, you see him again, but that's that's the last breathing moments of old Ned. So then, like, right after this, like after Ned disappears into the cabin, uh, Marcy and Jack come walking along the same path. Um, and then she tells him about this weird dream she had, like, where it's raining blood. <laughs> it's some deep shit just out of nowhere. <laughs> Oh, by the way, the st- and, then, and then Slayer said, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you said it. I was about to. Raining blood. Cue the thunder. Yeah, <laughs> this is where I'm going to cue the song right here. Bam! Raining blood. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, girls, that's the that's the name of a song. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you never, I never know the name of the songs. Yeah, well. <laughs> you, po- you probably <laughs> thought the name of the song was like Blaming Hood or something like that. What? So anyways, uh, he, so Marcy tells Jack of this weird dr- raining blood dream that she has. And like, uh, then right at that moment, like the storm rolls in. So they uh, go run into a cabin and immediately start having the sex. <laughs> the sex. <laughs> the sex. <laughs> Um, sex. <laughs> you know that like, usually in these movies like it's like a slow build up of like kissing and everything nah, no nah. kevin bacon was worked up from that raining blood dream so he just they just got right to it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they're they're uh as they're doing that alice bill and brenda or in another cabin, and they decide to play Strip Monopoly. Strip Monopoly. Yeah, yeah. What everybody, everybody loves to play an old rousing game of Strip Monopoly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, three hours later, your first thing finally comes off. Right All right, you landed on Park Street. Yeah. Finally. Shit. Here's a boot. <laughs> All that five hours of play leading up to a boot. <laughs> Nobody and ever it, lands on Baltic Avenue. So meanwhile, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, let's be honest. Nobody ever finishes Monopoly. No, no, and they didn't either. Um, so, so they're playing their game the of Monopoly. The door open. At the same time, Marcy and Jack are having the sex. Uh, it pans up to the top bunk, and Ned's bloody dead body is up on the top. But they don't, they don't see this. Obviously, they're too busy uh, doing their thing. So then, like, they finish up, and <laughs> Marcy. Goes to the bathroom, which the bathroom is not in the next room. It's like five cabins over, so she's gotta, she's gotta uh, hightail it in the storm to go to the bathroom. Meanwhile, Jack, uh, I think he like leans over to like uh, strike up a cigarette, and uh, as he's laying on the uh, bottom bunk, a arrow comes from underneath the bed and stabs him straight through the throat. And it kind of holds it on there a second too, like you see it come through and then twist as he's just. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, I guess that's where you were talking about, like, the uh, the uncut version stayed on that a little longer, Smoke. Yeah, I think you don't see the uh, the blood. You see the arrow go through, you know, the flesh and pierce it, and then the little bit of pool of blood right there, but you don't see that big jet of blood. That yeah. final little whatever blood squib shot, they, they excise that part out. But uh, definitely an effective makeup effect from Savini. Um, you feel that pain. You feel that arrow, like, ow, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he's toast. <laughs> it's a fancy arrow, too. It's like Rambo-style arrow. It's yeah, like... I think one of those razor tip no, motherfuckers. Not the kind of average kind of you know camp. No, <laughs> camp no. Arrow. Like, oh, bears Summer camp arrow would be like one of those little blunt ends, you know, like uh, round. 
you know. <laughs> not yeah. not like fucking Rambo's uh, long distance razor arrow. <laughs> so then Marcy's uh, in the bathroom, and uh, someone comes into the uh, into the bathroom while she's there, but she doesn't. She hears something. And she's kind of looking around. Um, and she goes over to the showers, and then she turns. She doesn't see anything when she opens it up, but then she turns around just in time to get brained with an axe. Right across the face, like or top of the head, across the face. But this is what I was talking about. How like she has enough time to like, oh shit, someone has an axe. Ah! Like, wouldn't you just run or fight back or anything? No, she just stands there and takes an axe to the face. So then you cut back. Ew. Another <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no good Savini effect. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Well, at least at least she didn't stand here and say, "Oh no, help." <laughs> Help. help please please god help me is that you ralph in my time time of need uh so then the uh strip monopoly game ends when like the door blows open or something and brenda realizes like uh she left her window open in her cabin so that's it for that so then this is when you see steve in the diner like this this whole like five minute scene of like him just having like a casual conversation with this uh diner lady where he pays 225 for his meal and then uh and then heads on out. And then she hits on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do I owe you? Good night on the town. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> and tell him, large Marge sent you. <laughs> <laughs> so then he heads out of the diner there, and it's storming outside still. Uh, so then you cut back to the camp and, uh, Brenda is in the same bathroom where the, the, uh, you know, the murder just took place, but she doesn't see anything. Someone's in the shower, but you know, she doesn't see this when like the hand comes and like kind of pulls the shower curtain. Uh, she doesn't see it and then just heads out. And then you cut back to Steve and, uh, somewhere since he left the diner, his fucking Jeep is just broke down on the side of the road. And it says something like to the effect that it's stuck, but he also can't get it to crank. Like he can't get it to turn over either. Right. Uh, it's just whatever the hell happened there. I don't know. There's a. The untold story of Steve. Well, it's not moving. It's not moving. It's stuck. Yeah, because uh, then a cop comes along, like right at that moment, and he gets into the car with the cop. He'll give him a ride back to the camp. So then you cut back to the camp. Uh, Brenda is uh, lying in bed. Like she, you know, there's this long scene of like her getting ready for bed and everything, and she lays down to read a book. And then she hears oh, someone. Hold on, hold on. This part right here, Aaron pointed out. I didn't even catch it when we were watching the movie. So she, she goes to the bathhouse. Yeah. What does she go to do in there? She like brush her teeth like or something. Brush her right? teeth. Brush her teeth. Yeah. But then you flash forward to uh, her going into her bunk, mm-hmm. and what's framed perfectly in the shot? A sink. A fucking sink. sink. <laughs> <laughs> you and you're putting too much thought in the si- these things. Stop it. <laughs> We're not here to poke holes in Friday the Thirteenth. All right. We're here to enjoy it for what it was. <laughs> Are we? Uh, well, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Brenda's getting ready for bed. She lays down, starts reading her book, and then she hears someone yell for help outside. And it sounds like a little kid, really, like, help me, I'm over here. <laughs> Turns out it was Mickey Mouse. So she just uh, walks, <laughs> like, she doesn't get her coat or anything. She just walks out into the rain, like, in her pajamas, like, you know, to, to find out what's what's going on. And eventually leads her down to, like, the archery range. And uh, as she's standing out, like, in the middle of the range, the lights come on. But then this has got to be one of the cheap, the most cheap-ass uh, cop-outs in horror movie history. You don't see anything happen. It just cuts away, and then you hear her scream. Uh, you know, yeah. It cuts back to the cabin, then you hear her scream. Like I'm fully expecting like somebody to catch an arrow in the head so, here, but yeah, yeah, that's what nope. I thought was going to happen to you the first time I saw that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, they, they were alluding to it earlier. You know, with yeah, the, with the they were setting it up. From Ned, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah. And it would have been gruesome, too, because they got some hellacious arrows at this camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, you don't see it happen. You just, you know, cut to the cabin, hear a scream in the distance. Chance they got the uh, Rambo arrow that, that they shoot at her and explodes. Yeah. <laughs> the bomb tip arrows. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it that that's something. That like, would be, all right, kids, line up. That would be awesome. Floating arrow tips today. Boosh! <laughs> oh, my God! That <laughs> blew up real good. <laughs> so then uh, uh, this is right, basically right at the time that Alice and Bill realize there's some weird shit going on because they haven't seen anybody for a while. So they go to look for Brenda. They go to her cabin. Uh, it's empty. But then they find a bloody axe in her bed. <laughs> Now they're oh, not yeah, on the pillow, like nestled on the pillow. Yeah. Now they're not properly freaked out by this. They're just like, man, what, what is going on here, huh? I mean, if I find man, a bloody this is, axe, it's messed up. It's like somebody's been killed. Let's leave the murder weapon here. Oh man, let's let's go back to the cabin and take a nap and make a cup of coffee. So you you want to pick up a strip monopoly? Uh, <laughs> it was just getting good. Had? Not not just me. All right. <laughs> I mean, look, I'll just go ahead and get naked here. <laughs> I'm giving you a head start here. I'll go ahead and get halfway naked. Uh, you got the upper hand. <laughs> so, anyways, they start looking around and they're not finding anybody. You know, uh, Marcy and Jack and Ned or anybody that they're looking for. So then, of course, they break into the office to get to the phones, and of course, the phone lines are cut. So they walk out of there, and the car won't start. So it's all the. The things you would think, you know, are lining perfectly up here, you know. <laughs> None of, nothing's working correctly. So then Steve and the cop, they cut back to them. They're still coming. Uh, they're on the way to the camp. And then uh, the cop gets a fatal accident call over the radio. So he just lets Steve out in the middle of the road. <laughs> Once again, they're, they're really bad about that in this, in this territory, apparently. Just leaving people to their own devices in the middle of nowhere. Um <laughs> I forget how far away he was. Oh, no, he, I guess he wasn't too far. Yeah, far. I think not he was pretty... Yeah, no, no, not 10 miles down the road where he left the old hippie girl. Apparently, he wasn't too far away, so, like, he uh, he, he lets him out there, and then he just hikes back to camp. And as he's uh, getting close to the camp, he gets to right where the Camp Crystal Lake sign is. You see someone with a flashlight kind of pointing at him, and he's like, uh, Hey, wh what are you doing out here? Oh, it's you. What are, what are you doing out here this late at night in the middle of all this? And, uh, you know, you, you would assume stabs, stabs him in the gut the way he kind of pulls back so then some back at the camp someone shuts off the generator so then uh bill has to go check on it while alice is taking a nap then she wakes up and then like she she yelled like right at that moment like she yells bill you know it's kind of a jump scare right there's no music you know bill's out uh <laughs> doing something but she wakes up and bill but then she still doesn't do anything she just kind of like uh lazily gets up Goes into the kitchen and makes coffee. Now, like you watch this whole process, you watch you watch her pour water in the thing, put it on the stove, start the gas uh, the gas up, go and put the instant coffee in the cups, go over to the cupboard, get the sugar out. I mean, it's the whole process. They had to block this whole thing off. For that. Yeah, yeah. All right, now. And then after all that, she then like you know what? I think I'm gonna go look for Bill. So uh, she goes out to the generator and well, I don't see him anywhere. And then the door swings shut and then. Bill is uh, stuck to the door with like three or four arrows stuck onto the door and his throat slit. So Bill is dead. So this is when, this is really like when the shit starts going down. Because now you realize, you know, now that, you know, obviously we as the audience know the shit's been going down. But now she knows. 
shit has gone down. So now it's mass chaos from here on out. I think that's the only part of the movie that actually startled me. What, Bill hanging on the door? Yeah. It, and it is pretty uh, pretty good uh, effects on that, too. Oh, yeah. By the way, I think we uh, we mentioned earlier that that was uh, Harry Crosby playing Bill. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't until a little bit later on that I realized that like he is a, uh, he's like the son or grandson or something of Bing Crosby. Son. Son. Okay. Yeah. I knew really? there, w- there was a relation. Yeah. I couldn't remember exactly what it was, but I don't think we mentioned that earlier. Yeah. yeah I think he like uh, according to the what I read was uh, he actually didn't try to push that in trying out for the role. Like he wanted to get it on his own merit. Yeah. I'm sure it didn't hurt. Oh, you're Bing Crosby's kid, huh? Well, we've got just the role for you, buddy. <laughs> well, I don't think they found out until he was already cast. <laughs> <laughs> Until they had already killed him. <laughs> oh damn it! Shit! We should have kept him alive. We could have. Oh, well. We could have kept. We could have had that uh, 1980s music montage with Ben Crosby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so of course she, uh, Alice, then freaks the fuck out because she just found Bill dead on the door. So uh, she runs back to the cabin and like barricades herself. Once again, this is another long process. You watch her like tie yes, the rope. Yes, they took their time with that. <laughs> you watch her tie the rope around there real nice and tight, and then she goes over and gets each piece of furniture. Then she <laughs> she thinks about things for a little bit, and then she she wanders into the kitchen, and then all of a sudden Brenda's but, but body. Why is she barricading a door that's an outward swinging door? Well, I mean the rope made sense, but none of the rest. Right? That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why? It was an outward swinging door. What was all that furniture going to do? So all that time just before he up. just comes out quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chairs fall out. I'll go, I'll go a step farther. I mean, granted, they're, they're camp counselors, but I've never seen anybody do a door like that in my life. <laughs> well, maybe she knows a little bit extra about tying knots and stuff from being a counselor, Maybe right? that's what she did back in California. Yeah. She, she, that, that's why she needed to get back to California real quick because of her uh, rope tying course that she uh, forgot to finish up. And her girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why she she's clearly not into Steve. We all bring it back to that. <laughs> so then, like, uh, as she's uh, pondering life and what is going on here, she's standing in the kitchen. Someone hucks Brenda's body straight through the window. She lands in a heap down now. Now, if you really pay attention to her laying on the ground here, I got two things to point out. Number one, you can clearly see her breathing as she get when she gets chunked through the window. I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, a little bit later on, she goes back in there and you see Brenda's body laying there. Her head is turned to the other side. <laughs> so continuity was not on their side here this day. Maybe she wasn't completely dead yet. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm makes quite dead. Which makes it even sadder that she didn't try to help her out. <laughs> so then, at right at this moment, uh, a jeep arrives outside so alice goes through all the painstaking process of moving all the shit and the rope from the front door that uh she put there and goes outside and uh it's an uh a middle-aged lady who introduces herself as mrs Voorhees. she's an old friend of the christie's and she's here to help <laughs> now at this point every other person that she's seen just like hey i see <laughs> <laughs> but this time oh god thank you hey, hey who are you Oh, well, here's my name, address, social security number. I live down the street. I had a son named Jason. It's his birthday today. Jason, you say, it. by the way, Jason was my son. <laughs> Tell her about me, Mommy. <laughs> uh, so then she takes Mrs. Voorhees inside the cabin, like, look, here's a dead body. You know, she's, oh, God, you know, this is horrible because, uh, Here's what's happened at this cabin, and I'm going to tell you the whole history of what's happened here at this camp. My son was here, you see, and I used to be a cook here, and he drowned. Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. And then, of course, that's when you realize she's off her fucking meds, 
and she attacks <laughs> Alice, and uh, <laughs> Alice manages to grab like a fire poker and puts her down, but then runs. <laughs> <laughs> then, always the problem there. He's like, yeah, you don't have an opportunity to take her out. You don't finish the job. <laughs> this lady has clearly killed many people so far. Yeah, I better get out of here. So I she bought myself a little out. bit more time. She runs outside to get in the jeep. Good idea. She sees Annie's body, screams, and runs away. The jeep still operates, but yet she like <laughs> fuck this, and then uh, scoots it on out of there because there's a dead body in there. I, I like Tiana was saying as we're watching too. She was. <laughs> Boy, he was riding around this whole however many, you know, along with the Annie's body. Just oh, yeah, for hours. Up, yeah, you know, riding a shotgun or whatever. <laughs> well, she needed the carpool lane. Well, she's got a, she's got a <laughs> teen massacre to attend. She's got no time to dispose of bodies, all right? <laughs> right. But she could have just left it in the woods, you know. <laughs> she took the, She's got to use it later for a prop, you know. It's like mother, like son. You know, Jason, he gets that from his mom, I guess. Nope, later. nope. It's safer right there in the front seat. So uh, then, of course, I'm right. You know, she runs away from the Jeep. She's uh, running along, and then Steve's body falls from the trees. So <laughs> what does she do? Run the opposite direction. And then Mrs. <laughs> Voorhees comes out, and this is when she's, Kill her, Mommy! Kill her! <laughs> that might have been some amazing acting in 1980. <laughs> but it really cracked me up a few times. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, me how can we how can we make this lady truly fucking nuts? Well, let's have her mimic her dead son. <laughs> I mean, otherwise she's just a cardigan sweater wearing old lady, right? So, I mean, you got to make her nuts. Right. Let's see. What are the multiple ways we can make her seem crazy? Well, let's just have her narrate it. Yeah. <laughs> Kill her. Kill her, mommy. <laughs> So then, uh, what what is a killer to do in this moment? You go and turn the generator on. I don't I don't get that move from a, old, old Voorhees. She turns the lights on. So then Alice is in like this. Uh, uh, I guess it's like a. I don't know what kind of damn shed this is, but they've got a, a line of shotguns in there. Um, but, oh, yeah. she, but she can't find any ammo. And during this is when she cuts the lights on. So then I guess she doesn't uh, uh, think to hide or anything. Voorhees finds her in there. And then she comes in and just bitch slaps Alice. Like four times. Yeah, three or four times. Yeah, like she's pimp times. slapping her, man. Like, pow, pow. She should have run the fuck away from me. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, she's got the gun, but she doesn't think at first to swing the gun at her. She just kind of pushes it at her, and then she's just, like, swatting shit away. Like, she's throwing stuff at her, and she's just swatting it, right? Like, what are you doing, little girl? You know, just swatting it away. <laughs> then she uh, picks the, uh, during the melee, they're rolling around, she manages to pick the shotgun back up, and then gun butts are right in the sniz. <laughs> and then knocks her out. She doesn't finish the job, though. She just runs away. Again, the third time, I think. Yeah, third or fourth time. She's just like, she's down, but fuck this, you know. <laughs> I want her to keep chasing me, apparently. So now Not this in is... California, we don't believe in corporal punishment. <laughs> <laughs> So now she goes back to the cabin with Brenda's body, the original cabin. And uh, this is where I point out that her head is the uh, the opposite way than what it was earlier. And she hides Turn in the... Turn her head, Mommy! <laughs> Turn her head to the right, Mommy! <laughs> Cotton, continuity errors, Mommy! <laughs> so she goes and hides in the pantry. And then uh, Voorhees uh, comes and, like, breaks in. Like, I guess she's... I, I think it's a machete she's got, right? She, like... Uh, Pokes a hole in and does like the Jack Nicholson from The Shining, you know, kind of like looking, 
Yeah. Although, which came Which first? Came right? out the same year. Yeah. Same year, yeah. <laughs> which came first, right? I guess that's the question. The chicken or the egg? But uh, she kind of looks in and then like reaches in and unlocks the door. And then, uh, uh, meanwhile, Alice picks up like a fucking iron skillet. And then, like as soon as uh, they kind of fight, she just brains her right across the head Don't with this skillet. <laughs> um, and then, like she actually rolls her over a little bit and like blood's trickling out of the back of her head. So I guess she, you know, here's the number fourth or fifth time that she. Yeah, she's just off. like, well, that should be enough. She's bleeding, so this has got to be the end of it, right? I'm, I'm just gonna walk now. See ya. She doesn't run though. She just leisurely walks away and uh, makes her makes her way down to the to Crystal Lake to take a ponder. And look at her reflection in the water. And then, of course, Voorhees comes <laughs> yeah. up from behind and attacks. And now this is the real fight, right? Like, they're rolling around. They're beating the shit out of each other. Like, grabbing her head and pounding it on the ground and stuff. But uh, Voorhees, Mrs. Voorhees drops the machete in the melee. And then uh, Alice picks it up. And then the slow-mo, as she's coming at her, like, no! And then swings the machete and lops her head right off. <laughs> Once again, a good uh, effect and from the, uh, Savini. And then there's your final couple of more seconds of those uh, uncut versions of the, <laughs> the neck stump spurting thing. Yeah, with her uh, hands. Like, that was trimmed out. Her hands, like, grasping <laughs> in the air, like, where's my head? Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, like, what do you do after this horrible night and everything? You get in a canoe, and you just float away. And take a nap till the morning. She wakes. She's floating in the middle of the lake. She wakes just in time. You see the cops arrive. And they're playing this really uh, dramatic end of movie. Ending, ending credit movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, music. <laughs> As this is going on. I say, well, I guess it all turned out. Alice is all right. And here, here are the cops. So uh, everything's good. And all of a sudden, demented mongoloid boy jumps out. <laughs> of the water and grabs a hold of her in the canoe and takes her down. Which I would have to say, like like I said, I remember like being like watching this younger. I remember that did scare the shit out of me, you know, if I recall. Yeah, like, oh well, shit, what? What is that? <laughs> and then I remember uh, like me and my brother like uh, rewinding pause slow mo so we can get a good look at Jason, you know, like frame by frame. Oh man, he's fucked up looking. She wakes up. Turns out everything was a dream. Yeah, she wakes up, she's in the hospital. They just Pour it all on her right there and say, yeah, everyone you were out there with is dead. Uh, <laughs> but, of course, her only concern is, what about the boy? Uh, what do you mean, ma'am? We didn't find any boy. Then you she, know, the boy that drugged me under the water and killed me. <laughs> oh, well, we didn't find any boy. Then she says, then he's still there. And then she just turns her head slowly toward the camera slow dissolve into the you know crystal lake they play you know you hear the the music again then the credits the end uh the music at the end too like it definitely sounded like uh you're just waiting for eric clapton to start singing it <laughs> it sounded like the uh, <laughs> the end of uh layla or something <laughs> it's a straight rip for sure so okay oh, no, yeah cocaine. no 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 not that one. <laughs> oh, not that one so there you go that is uh the original friday the 13th so you can see why we chose this to uh let the let our uh, our wives watch this with us for Mother's Day. So uh, that's the that's the whole gag, right? It's uh, Mother's Day spectacular. <laughs> All right. So what we normally do here at the uh, at the end of the show is uh, we give our star rating. So zero to five, zero being like good lord, this was a piece of shit. Why did you make me watch this? All the way up to five being like you know one of the greatest movies you've ever watched. As usual, we'll go ladies first. So, uh, Aaron, what is your star rating for this beauty? Hmm, I'm gonna go with four. Wow. Um, I I actually loved the fact that I got to watch a horror movie and not 
be too afraid to get up and pee in the middle of the night. Um, but that's just because you pissed yourself during the movie, so. Right. <laughs> um, I like the fact that it wasn't too gory. I don't really like violent movies. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely chuckled throughout the whole movie. Um, I know that wasn't the purpose, and I have no doubt that if I had watched it 20 years ago, I wouldn't have chuckled. I would have had the shit scared out of me. Um, But as a grown woman, I could laugh. Yeah, I liked it more than I thought I would. Well, I'm glad we could make you laugh. (laughs) Tiana, where are you at with this one? Zero to five. Um, A three. Three, okay. Yeah, a three only because one year later, a movie called The Burning came out, which was similar, but that one, I love that one a lot more than this one. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, fair enough. And like we've discussed on here before, sometimes it's relative to other things you've seen. You know, like, well, you know, I like this one a little bit more than that, so I'm going to knock this down a peg. So yeah. we, we definitely score that way sometimes. Stacy, I say a three as well Any... because, um, as you know, I don't like horror movies as well, and I kind of had the same reaction as Aaron did. Like, I kind of laughed more than I thought I would. <laughs> I really don't like the jump scare things. <laughs> and there, there was only that one you know, where where the door the the body was on the back of the door that I was really like startled by. I don't know. I just <laughs> and not it wasn't by, horrible, it wasn't great, you know. And not by <laughs> crazy Ralph hanging out in the pantry. That didn't get you as much as it did Aaron apparently. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't get over how polite everyone was. Yeah, I, I gotta say if like some me. dude jumped out of the <sighs> pantry I would have probably peed myself. <laughs> he didn't jump out though. He's just standing there. He just yeah. That's probably he's just, you're all gonna die. That's probably Here's even creepier though. <laughs> Do you know how much sodium is in this oatmeal? <laughs> God Almighty! <laughs> oh, by the way, you're doomed. <laughs> They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> you gonna eat this lard? <laughs> All right, maybe I should give it a three, two. I feel like I was too kind with my score. No, no, right no, 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 no. You can't. We don't. Uh, we don't reflect on other scores and then adjust. So we do that at the end of the year. <laughs> um. All right. So, Will, what do you think? Where are you at, Mud? Well, by reflecting on everybody else's score. No, no, no. No, no. I'll give this one a four. I mean, you know, it it, it brought in you know like one of the killer that that you know all of us love to watch like even though he wasn't technically really in this movie like it 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 started a franchise that you know everybody loves to watch you know like like this is this is a fun movie to 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 watch with people so yeah i i think i would stick with four smoke uh yeah i got a lot like i said before we started this i guess i had a lot of personal history with this one going back a number of years so uh i also give it a four i'm uh I'm the same way. I'll, I'll make it a I'll make it a clean sweep between the three of us at least. I'll give it a four. This is one of those uh, starters for a franchise and everything. And I mean, it's, this is where it began. So even though you could make a case like uh, I don't think, in my opinion, it really got going until like the third movie. But you know, the the, the seeds are sown and uh, the legend began here. Smoke. What is the uh, what? Where did you land on the gore score on this one? Well, I kind of I sort of take into account both the R-rated and the uncut version and even though there's only 11 seconds of difference really give or take between the two all of those 11 seconds were for for the violent scenes so i think with the r-rated version i'd probably say it's uh maybe falling around around like a five or so i mean it's not overly gory 
there's a lot of a lot of good you know set pieces there, especially the arrow through the neck thing, and mm-hmm. and uh, then you had the throw slash and decapitation. And I think with the unrated version, I'd probably bump it up to a six. That's probably about right because the, the the scale is uh, one to uh, zero to ten, right? Zero to ten, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if we uh if we gave Monster Squad a two, I believe we <laughs> we're gonna have to bump this one up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say I mean because you think about it, it's not I mean definitely not overly gory, but it's got those you know it's got the blood the arrow through the neck, you got the blood spurt, and then the decapitation was pretty uh and I kind of also go by <laughs> that's a little gory time it came out yeah yeah i mean usually don't see it quite that detail if you see it you see the you know the head lop off or whatever you don't see the too much of the after effect of the, the headless body you know grasping around and blood spurt and all yeah. that stuff. <laughs> i think they upped it a little bit and which is the reason why the mpaa said nope you can't you know you gotta trim that shit yeah yeah you can only see it happen <laughs> very briefly though, today yeah. all of that stuff would be in the r-rated version today i would think it just kind of shows you how times change oh yeah not only would it all be in there but it'd be uh it'd much be more. more yeah yeah <laughs> For sure. All right, so uh, Will, uh, you got the uh, kill count. What 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 count did you come up with in this one? Uh, looks like there was uh, ten people killed in this movie. It's probably about right. I mean, if you're you're talking about the two counselors at the beginning, I wonder if that does that add Jason into that or not. Well, I guess technically no, since he's I guess he's still technically alive at the end of it, right? So I guess that wouldn't be counted. Yeah. So, uh, I believe Smoke had brought up. Uh, uh, this is an anniversary. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. 40th yes, anniversary. The day that we're recording it right now, and you know, it's not the day that y'all are going to be listening to it when we get it put out there, but the day that we're recording it is the 40th anniversary of uh, the theatrical release of Friday 13th. May 9th, 1980 is when yeah. this was released. So it's 40 <laughs> years ago to the day of this recording. We'd love to say that we are uh, master planners and that, <laughs> yeah. uh, we knew that Mother's Day and this day lined up perfectly, but that is just dumb luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible coincidence, but we'll take it. Just like the, uh, just like uh, uh, I mentioned to Smoke earlier when he pointed it out, the very first episode we did was Reanimator. And the day we released that, was the uh, 33rd anniversary of the day that that movie came out. I guess 30 episodes later, uh, our, our uh, luck is still still going. So uh, we have the coincidence streak going. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess uh, uh, for everybody here, that uh, that's it for this edition of The Spook Show. I mean, I'd like to thank personally my wife, Stacy, and Will's wife, Aaron, and uh, the professor's wife, Tiana, for coming on and uh, having a little bit of... A little bit of a laugh with us today, and uh, it's cool to have everybody on. And uh, I'd like to wish all of you ladies uh, happy Mother's Day. Oh, thanks. Thanks. And, thanks. <laughs> and, uh, thanks for having us, fellas. And we'll make sure to see y'all, <laughs> and we'll make sure y'all come on the next episode, too, when uh, we talk about whatever it is we're going to be talking about. We haven't planned anything out yet. So. <laughs> Maybe one of these days we can have a y'all. I have all you guys back on, you know, and we'll try to make sure we find something a little more gory than this one. Does that sound fair? Oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> find something. Too bad you guys did uh, sleepaway camp. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be a fun one for you to for you guys to show your wives. It wouldn't necessarily it wouldn't necessarily fit Mother's Day, but that would have been uh, hellaciously <laughs> funny for sure. Um, <laughs> see their faces yeah if we ever go back and revisit we'll go back and revisit that one with everybody one day and we'll have to make sure that's a video show so you can actually see maybe we can do a reaction video kind of thing to that like all right we're we're gonna make you sit down and watch this and i'm gonna film your reaction at the at the grand reveal i remember watching that as a kid i don't remember um, much about it yeah apparently not 
I saw my first penis. Yeah. Okay. Well, you do remember. Okay. <laughs> in that movie. Wow. Jesus. What a way to. What a way to uh, pop that moment, right? And that's why my wife doesn't like horror movies. Yeah. Well, I can see. <laughs> I loved them as a kid. I didn't become a wuss until I got old. God. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't even. Remember I didn't how stop to... watching them until uh, Blair Witch Project, so that scared oh. the poojesus out of me. So <laughs> no more after the. <laughs> but... I loved that movie. I guess... Blair Witch Project. Yes, I think I became oh, a wuss in my thirties. Well, but yeah, I remember I was really young when I saw Sleepaway Camp. That's, and that's I disturbing. Remember looking at my friend? We were, I was spending the night at her house, like. <gasps> Is that what I think that is? <laughs> so then we had to pause it and well, rewind it. My brother and I used to, uh, you know, we'd want, uh, my parents would take us to Blockbuster or the video store or whatever, and they'd let us pick out movies. And uh, we wanted to watch a horror movie. So, uh, and this is clearly back in the day when you just base it on the cover of the movie. Just, mm -hmm. oh, this looks cool. I'm going to go with this. Um, for whatever reason, we thought the cover of Rocky Horror Picture Show looked pretty cool. <laughs> Thinking that, like, oh, man, this is going to be scary as shit. <laughs> nah. Nah. Oh, God, now I got questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. When I was in college, I can't remember the movie titles now, but I thought I was renting the movie where Sandra Bullock had to go to rehab. Oh. Uh, 28 days. days. Yes, and instead I rented the zombie movie. 28 days later. 28. <laughs> I'm sitting there like the sequel actually, as it turns out. No, no. What? No. This <laughs> Which we actually just uh, discussed back in episode 27. So if you want to go back in the archives and listen to 28 days later, there you go. The the on the next thing, episode, guys. we're going to watch 28 Days, the true horror film. Let's <laughs> talk about a Sandra Bullock rom-com. <laughs> That'll scare... I was, down with the, I was down with the All-American Spook Show until episode 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> boy, they really took a turn in episode 31, boy. They jumped the shark. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, thank thank all y'all for coming on. It was uh, a lot of fun having some uh, special guests on tonight. We, like I said, we haven't really decided what we're going to watch in the next episode, so um, just make sure to tune in for episode 31 whenever that drops here in the next week or two. For Will and the Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show Podcast. See you later. Kill her, bye, mommy. Kill her, mommy. <laughs> We've all been laid to rest. Our epitaph reads, Mommy knows best. Word of warning from beyond the grave that must be understood. Throats get slit in this neck of the woods. She raised him right. <laughs>